The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Searching for something to put a smile back on your face. Just remembering unusual times that can come from an unusual place. You need a partner for the ride, cause everybody needs a climb. Set your worries to the side. Shit 90 Shows Taught Me was not filmed before a live studio audience. Welcome back to Shit 90 Shows Taught Me. I'm Jess Sterling here with my co-host, Sarah Ferguson. Sarah, how are you? Hey, slap me some, Jessica. (laughs) High five, yeah. (laughs) What? Just me, just being a cool person. That's you being a cool person? If it makes Corey feel cool, then it makes me feel cool. That's a scary thing. That's you should be afraid. Uh, <laughs> does that make me cool, Jessica? Does that make me cool? Slap me you being some. afraid of me? <laughs> Slap me some. I mean, that's what he. That's what he. I if when you're up against Eli, I'm sure everything just goes out the window. You're Honestly, like, Please, yes, let me because be he's so handsome, not because I'm afraid yeah. of him. I just want to be an ounce as cool as Eli. Yes. I will pay you $30 yeah. for your pink flamingo, Sarah. Dude, I so had a pink flamingo at one time. Of course you did. I really did. And it was in my bedroom. Literally, like it really nobody was. is surprised by this. Yeah. Not a single yeah. person. Uh, her name was Sheila. Uh, it was when I was weird. I'm and sorry. I her name was, you named a pink flamingo Sheila. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we don't have We're to We're going to have to come back to this. that later. Yeah. For now, we have a guest to introduce. We're not alone here today, people. Um, we're here with a fellow Boy Meets World podcaster. He is known as Ben Sandwich, and he is from Boys Meet Podcast. Hi, Ben. How are you? Hello, everybody out there in podcast world. And of course, Jess and Sarah. How are you guys doing? 
I mean, I'm a little bit shocked that Sarah had a pink flamingo named Sheila, but I'm I'm slowly recovering. I'm not shocked. I've been listening to you guys steadily. Not the Dawson Creek stuff, but steadily Boys mm-hmm. Meet World for a couple months now. I'm not shocked. You shouldn't be either. <laughs> it's pink. Yeah. She owned it. Makes sense. Yeah. Ben, will you slap me some? <laughs> no. Like, it was very awkward when Corey did. Like, Mr. What? Williams probably gets that a lot. Like, dude, okay, he was, like, the only black dude on the show. So that's yeah. already got to be weird. So I'm glad they kind of wrote those things in of like cheesy white people things so that he can react accordingly to make them feel like, yeah, no, this ain't happening. Yeah, it's like, Corey, sit in your awkwardness. Look what you did. (laughs) And it were and like you feel like, oh, yeah, because I don't have you all done something cringy before? Not not to particularly another race, but just to fit in. No, the other day, (laughs) this is one of those things that always happens to me. Like if you go to see a movie or we went to the drive-ins and you like pay and then they're like, enjoy the movie. And literally two seconds away from saying, you too. Every time, every time without fail. It's awful. I hate it. Yeah, I'm always doing stuff where I, I sit down and I'm like, God, like, why did I say that? Like, why did I do that? Mm-hmm. Like, that was so embarrassing. Why am I the worst? <laughs> I don't, don't know. feel bad. Just feel like, I'm Corey Matthews. Hey, I'm average. And then you'll be okay. <laughs> I'm an average guy. Um, So, Ben, give us, give us your pedigree here with Boy Meets World. Um, When did you watch it? Like, what what is your history with the show? All right, I'm definitely too young to, or yeah, definitely too young to catch it when it's originally came mm-hmm. out. I remember watching though on ABC yes. the last seasons, like when they got married and stuff. I remember that was like a big deal on the trailers and uh, commercials, yeah. and I was like, cool. So I remember watching that live, not understanding anything, but I was like, hey, okay. And then I caught them all on ABC Family, and I've been a fan like ever since. Me and my buddy, who we did the podcast together, we definitely have different interpretations of what we think is the best seasons i say it's the beginning seasons and he's like no college years are the best and I interesting go, uh-uh. yeah so far i'm really liking season three like i know we did this Sarah. didn't we rank them when we finished season two we said like do we like one or two more i'm pretty sure i had one yeah. and then two i really liked one we- we both said that we preferred one over two. Two was, you know, less than to be desired. And we didn't expect it either because we thought that going into it, we were like, oh, we're so excited to go away from the like kid the kid stuff. kid. Yeah. Um, but season two, there was very little Topanga. No Minkus. There was, there was no Minkus. Setting. There was like a lot of like repetitive things. But I think that season three has been pretty smooth sailing yeah we're almost done surprisingly we are so. we'll have to get into it when we finish the season but i will say like i've been really enjoying season three i think like we get to see a lot from the side characters and we we didn't in those early seasons um so i like season three for that at the very least um yeah, you definitely get to see characters grow whereas like season two they kind of just throw them at you and they go they exist and you're like right. okay cool but it's still the Corey show and then now it's like, nah, it's a teenage thing. And we got Eric being goofy and dumb and just letting him live. And, of course, Mr. Turner and now Mr. Williams get it exists. So it's kind of cool we get balances. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. I do like that. Yes. Yeah. And Brittany Murphy. Of course, Brittany Murphy. Yes. Um, yeah. So that's great. So we're here. We're here talking uh, season three, episodes 17 and 18. We're starting off with the Pink Flamingo Kid, of course. Um, uh, we, we start in Turner's, uh, Corey's recording because news doesn't stop for anybody. 
So if you wanted to see a ginormous <laughs> camera in your face when you open the door, you're going to see Corey. Um, and we get Sean on the phone with with Chet Hunter. We like this is such a rare occasion. We hardly ever see Sean talking to Chet now that he's not really on the show. Um, and apparently he says he's going to the dog track with Clinton. Um, <laughs> he's the worst liar. I feel like he's both a con man and like a terrible con man's era. Yeah, I don't believe anything that he says. And I'm, I'm, I don't think that Sean truly believes that his dad is hanging out with President Clinton and hanging out in Air Force One. But I think that it's just for his dad to just call him and tell these stories to him. He's just really happy to hear him. He really misses his dad. Um, but it is Chet's birthday today and he's missing his dad's birthday. And it, it's kind of sad. Right, Ben? We're definitely seeing the saga of Sean in season three. Like he is building as a character. And I agree. I don't think he for once thinks his dad's hanging out on Air Force One. Yeah. No way does he believe that. But I think he's just telling his dad. Yeah, of course. Because why say of course my dad's a crummy liar just live in the lie just so you can talk to your dad once in a while it's it's so it's sad but let's let's be real these two episodes we really see it's the sean show and yeah how do you not feel for the guy oh 100 percent. i think that's one of my favorite things about season three is how much more we've learned about sean like we got the tail end of it in season two with like the whole drama of his dad leaving and then we've really been diving deep into sean's family history especially in this episode um and i agree with you i think he just like I think he's like embarrassed and so he wants to be proud of his dad and so he just plays it off like oh silly old dad like saying he's at Air Force One again like ha 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 um and uh and I think that like we really get the idea of what Sean's family means to him and like what his dad raised him to believe family means because we always get these like Chet-isms which I love and one of them here is uh where there's family there's a place to hide like I just love and I think that Ryder Strong does an amazing Chet impression as well (laughs) so it just makes it that much better um but of course like his dad doesn't say when he's coming back um, you know, and he he kind of like hangs up on him in a way. Like he really doesn't even get to say mm-hmm. happy birthday. Um, and so Corey cheers Sean up by saying, you know, let's let's videotape a photo or a, a nice uh, reel from your family to send to your dad in this ginormous VHS tape. It'll be great. <laughs> I love this idea, Sarah. Uh, I think that's a really nice thought. I think the video tape would be really good. I just want to know how will. Sean know where to send it if mm. his dad's not being honest about where he is. It's not like you can get the male owl or the to come and fly him, you know? The carrier uh, so pigeons aren't going to carry a VHS carrier. tape. <laughs> nope, nope. So, um, but no, I really like that they came up with this idea and it's, I think that it's a really sweet thing for Sean to do and Corey to help Sean do. Yeah, absolutely. We do know he can send it to Chet. We know exactly where he is. Pennsylvania (laughs) Avenue. It's in D.C. Yes. Easy. My apologies. My apologies. Yeah, Yeah, that is a good point. I feel like they're just like, oh, we'll figure it out later. Like, let's worry about getting all the family on tape first and then we'll send it. Um, So we're back at school. Corey has gotten like all this equipment. He has lights. He has the camera. He is ready to go. Um, and this is when Eli tells him that apparently there's a news contest on Channel 5 and the best news story, news story will run on the air. 
Um, and I don't know why Eli thinks like Corey's particularly good with the camera. Like, I don't know. I we saw the, like uh, one film project, but like, I, I, was that Corey being like you know Dawson style film uh, extraordinaire? I'm not sure. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know why we even trust Corey with a video camera since he broke his dad's video camera. Mm -hmm. Then he, um, you know, did that whole awkward story on Jaren or Bud and everybody was like, it seems just bad things happen when Corey's around a video camera. The Jaren or Bud thing. All right, you guys brought it up. And when you were talking about it, I'm sitting in my car listening and I go, okay, Jaren or Bud. He shouldn't have been doing any of the stuff he was doing, yet, like, everyone's mad at Corey. It was a very weird scenario, and I'm glad you guys talked about it, but I feel a certain way about Janitor Bud yeah. ripping the school off. No, you're what so do you right, think about? Though. Yeah. No, it's totally. But what do you think about Corey having, like, weekly breakfasts with Janitor Bud, <laughs> Ben? Also a weird thing. I could see it if it was like Sean, you know, having weekly breakfasts with Janitor Bud because, okay, there's a figure, a father figure who's actually there. But with Corey, I don't know, man. Corey is, he's a weird, hey, he's average. Corey, Corey just likes to make friends with like the teachers. I feel like at one point he talks about making friends with like a lunch lady. Like, I feel like he's just like friendly with the staff at John Adams High. It wouldn't surprise me to hear that he was, you know? Bertha Bertha gives no two craps about Corey. Maybe it wasn't her. It was somebody else that he was like friendly Another with. Another one? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so Eli tells Corey about this new story contest. Um, and apparently there's only two days left. And so, of course, like Corey's really excited. He wants to do it. But, you know, Sean is like, you promised like you're supposed to be helping me with my family project. And Corey does the nice thing. He's like, OK, I understand. You know, I promised you first. Let's do that. Um, and then we see Eric and Sarah, correct me if I'm wrong, these had to have aired in the wrong order because Eric's hair is magically long again. Did you notice this? Yeah, I did. Um, I just thought that he had a really good wig on. Uh, no. Um, yeah, I, I think that there might have been like a little bit of a switcheroo, but I don't think I got too held up on this because I was too busy with, um, too distracted about... Eric wanted to go on uh, Antique Roadshow in this episode. Uh, so he's carrying a box of beanie stuff. And the, apparently this junky old lamp that they found is worth over 18, um, $800, even without a light bulb. It's not even, I think it's like a sculpture of a, a, of a person. It's not like a Tiffany's lamp. So I don't know. Uh, I think that... I mean, I've seen some expensive lamps in my day, but I don't think that's it, Ben. That's the whole concept of Antiques Roadshow, though. You bring in crap, you're sitting there going, 25 bucks, there's no way. And then it's like, this actually is a custom made for King Henry IV. And you're like, what? How did that happen? <laughs> and it's six grand. And then it's some old lady going, all right, six grand. Yeah. So I can see, you know, Mr. Feeney having some pretty collectibles. And Eric and Sons doesn't sound like a bad business venture. No, not no. if you're not if you're pairing up with Feeney, because his great aunt Fanny had like all the goods. Um, Fanny Feeney, she <laughs> Fanny Feeney. She knows what to do. I wish that was my name. You wish your name was Fanny Feeney. Yeah, that's a choice. I had to look it up because I sat there. I was watching the episode and I was watching it with my wife, and I was like, "Dude, what's what's the why is Fanny the what's the name?" 
Because it's not Fanny. No one's naming their kid Fanny. Oh, it's like What's a nickname? nickname. So I looked up, do you guys know Is the it name? Francesca or something? You're in the ballpark. I couldn't even come up with the scenario. I was like, Ferdinanda. I had no, I couldn't <laughs> come up with anything. I'm like, it has to have a, fa-. no, yeah, yeah, Francis or Francesca, stuff like that. Yeah, that makes sense. I feel like you'd be more likely to hear Franny, not Fanny, but I, I mean, I guess it's like being called like Betty if your name is Elizabeth. Like, does it really make sense? No, but we try not to think about it too much, you know? <laughs> Same with Bill and William. Where'd that come from? No clue. But yeah, I love this and I love Eric poking fun at it. Um, it's like this is for as much as we kind of and this is like Sarah and I have repeatedly been on the show's case about this, like choosing a very deep, dense storyline A and then storyline B being like very jokey and like almost pulling us out of the, you know, the heavier stuff. I actually kind of like the balance in this episode. I don't know if it was the Eric and Feeney of it all, but I actually really loved Eric's. Uh, what is it? Antique Roadshow. I enjoyed it. <laughs> Yeah, I just think that Eric and Feeney are a great duo, and I really enjoy all of their scenes together. I think that they really play off each other well with Feeney being just like such the straight man and being like, oh, like Eric, like this is ridiculous. And Eric just being his silly self, but not too silly that he's stupid, you know, a little stupid, but not super stupid. Um, we see Sean and Corey are at the trailer park, and guess who's there? Uncle Mike. We remember Uncle Mike, right? Yeah, Uncle Mike is great. I love them bringing back the same guy, especially because we do have, like, the situations where, like, Morgan and, like, the, um, the concurrency issues in the show sometimes. I loved seeing Uncle Mike again, and he has the same sparkling personality, Ben. (laughs) I love Uncle Mike. Anytime he shows up, it's it makes you feel like a family member that you have. Everyone's got an Uncle mm-hmm. Mike, uh, an uncle that you're like, I know you're into some sketchy stuff, but I can count on you to always be sketchy. Exactly. <laughs> I wish that I can get into my Uncle Mike on the show, but <laughs> should, probably shouldn't talk about yeah, it. Yeah, we're not allowed to talk about it. Um, so everyone at the trailer park is super excited about this video. Um, I love, uh, I love Uncle Mike. All Hunter's out now. We didn't do it. (laughs) It's like perfect. It gives you like the great first impression of the Hunter family. Um, and we get some really funny clips here of Sean's family. Uh, hi dad, it's me standing with grandma and her attorney to my alleged son, Chet. Happy birthday. (laughs) Sarah, how good was this? Oh, it was amazing. I really love seeing Sean's grandmother. Um, uh, these loving words are not in any way an admission of guilt in the trial of the people versus Gertie Hunter. <laughs> what did this 75 pound old lady possibly do, Ben? I have no idea. I'm sitting here going like, OK, we got the grandma who's on a gag order and it's against the people. So I'm like, she's doing something, some mm-hmm. dirty stuff. Everyone else has to have blacked out faces and disguised voices. How deep is the crime at the Pink Flamingo trailer park to where you no one can talk about anything, you can't film, Uncle Mike mm-hmm. is ready to choke Corey? Because he can take them. I, I'm, I'm nervous for the hunters in general. Yeah, it's it's bad in these parts. And who, who really thought? Like, I just thought that they owned, like, a tire and a motorcycle place and, you know, was involved in a little bit of gambling. But it seems like these guys are in some really deep stuff. I also think that they just, like, are cautious. I just feel like... 
they've had bad like run-ins with the cops and so they're naturally just like very reclusive and like maybe even like borderline like agoraphobic and don't like outsiders right they just want to like be in their own little hamlet of the trailer park and they don't want people bothering them and they don't trust other people because if this is like if sean's right if chet's mantra is like oh you can always trust family you always got a place to stay well i assume that's the hunter family mantra and so they all kind of live by it like that's their code if you will um and so, right, so we see everyone in the dark, everyone wishing uh, Chet a happy birthday. Corey talks about making copies. Um, and I love Uncle Mike. Why would you make copies? <laughs> Why do you need copies? Um, he's so scary. I love him, though. But he's scary in, like, a cuddly way. And I think it's only because we have the, like, um, previous episode of him with Turner and the bike that we warmed up to him in that episode. So he wasn't, like, he's not a stranger to us. Um, but this is when we meet eddie and ben eddie seems like a real dick like he just seems like the worst (laughs) from the moment we meet him (laughs) well okay it's not fashion hour yet but could we just put up a 90s character (laughs) dick clothing i mean you you didn't have to you could have had a blind guy describe him like let me guess leather there's a cutoff he's wearing boots of some sort there's probably a chain wallet I mean, you had these wannabes at your school, right? There's always these guys. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Especially the chain wallet. Oh, the yeah, chain I wallet was a 90s staple. Yeah. I feel like he was even wearing, <laughs> like, a denim cut-off need... vest. Like, yeah. yeah. No, yeah, totally. Why do you need the wallet on the chain, though? So when you're riding your Harley, wallet can't fall out of the pocket. Is that the purpose of those? Because I've never I, known. I have no idea. I have no idea. Like, I... <laughs> it feels like it would just be flapping in the wind then, but, like, still connected. I had a much darker thought of like why you would need it, but like, yeah, that was a <laughs> Ben made a motion with his hands that is uh not so nice. Yeah, it's like it's I was thinking more style of like, you know, you need to like um hurt somebody in the throat area, um, is what I was thinking. But I like that idea more of, you know, if you're riding a Harley and it falls out of your pocket, it it's not gonna fly away. Although your money still might, I guess. <laughs> Yeah, but and okay, if that's the true cause of it, cool, awesome. You get to keep your credit cards and uh, driver's license, which that's a bitch to replace, as we all know. But I'm talking like fifth and sixth graders had chain wallets where I was like, what are you doing? You don't need it. And then you open the Velcro. (laughs) (laughs) Ooh, you're so badass. Attached to the Dickies pants. I I definitely wanted one. I'm not going to lie. It was was a cool thing. You were a dick on TV. You were cool. You were badass. But like, I think my parents knew better. Like, you're not getting a chain wallet. You don't even need a wallet. Yeah. What do you possibly have in your library card, honestly? Yeah, no. But yeah, your library card, your school ID, or like limited. Loose bubblegum. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, and this is when Corey introduces himself as Dr. Payne. <laughs> which I just I can't yeah. I can't help yeah. it. I love when Corey has like what is it called? Like bluster? Is that what it is? When he just like puffs himself up and he's like, My karate students refer to me as Dr. Payne. <laughs> like, okay, Corey, no one believes you. Yeah, nobody yeah, nobody would believe him. And that little kid is eleven years old. Yeah. That kid was I'm badass kitchen. though. Yeah, he can take terrifying. You. He could take you. He can make Corey bark. Yeah, he he would take me. <laughs> that one—that's kind of sick, though. Like if you have a kid making you bark, 
bad life choices. Yeah. I don't, that's if you're sitting there bark. I assume he'd put you on all fours to make you bark. Like, I assume it's like an uncle thing. Yeah, like say uncle type of situation. Um, say Uncle Mike. Yeah. Yeah, say Uncle Mike. <laughs> so uh, Eddie compliments the camera, and Sean obviously didn't want Eddie in it. Like, there's a reason Eddie was not anywhere involved when they filmed this. Um, and uh, Eddie says, "You and your friend Corky Dorky should get lost." And this is when this is when Corey runs. Poor Corey. He gets like some really mean nicknames. Corky Dorky is not a nice one. I think it's cute. Of course you do. <laughs> I mean, is it? It's. I don't know if it's as good as Topi, but oh, it's pretty Topi good. Terrible. I'm pro Topi. Oh, I know you are. I now I write in my notes Topi instead of Topanga. My like phone hates Topanga. It never gets her name. Like it always tries to autocorrect mm. it to like something else. Anytime I take notes, it's the worst. I probably should switch to Topi. Um, Topi. So we're back at the Matthews residence, and this is when we see Eric uh, going through a box of junk he brought down from his room. Amy and Alan are like, "What are you? Why are you going through all that stuff?" And I, <laughs> this is one of my favorite lines from the show, and I remembered this line specifically when it got to this part where he's like, "I was going through th- my things," and I said, "You know what, Kyle?" And I love it's like I think it's Alan who's like Kyle, and he's like, "Yeah, I call myself Kyle." <laughs> like, it's so. Good, Ben. Like, who has a name for themselves like Eric does? You know, I can just say from experience, it comes in handy to have several names to just go by. You feel different personalities sometimes. Like, when I'm shopping at Stater Brothers, I'm Mike. Because why not? Mike's cooler. He has a chain wallet. He does different things. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. I could see, like, if you, you know how they say people have, like, an alter ego? Like, if someone gets, like, really drunk, they're, like, someone comes out. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Yeah. I've heard that before. Um, That'd be funny if, like, Eric gets drunk and Kyle comes out. Oh, what is Kyle? Yeah, I feel like Kyle is, like, witty. Yeah, just yeah. a fun guy. Like, that, he's a fun guy who likes digging through trash. Yeah. That's Kyle. <laughs> and this is when Amy and Alan trick Eric, basically, into cleaning out the garage and attic. They say, oh, there's so much stuff up there. Whatever makes you and Kyle happy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and Eric offers Sean $30 for a pink flamingo, which it's a very overpriced pink flamingo. It is very. I got mine for free. How, did you steal it from someone's yard? No. Okay. okay. So the date was, <laughs> I think it was 7707. Or it could have been 6606. I'm not quite sure. Oh my sure. God. If it was 6606, then we know why. You did I, it. I'm not. I, I don't know why. That no. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was at. I was at Stop and Shop where I worked and we had flamingos out in the parking lot for some reason. And I I don't know, it's maybe some promotion at work or something. And then I asked the manager if I can take one home and she said yes. So I took it home and I kept it in my room for like years. And it wasn't until... I was starting to like move out of my house to become an adult was when I let go of my pink flamingo, Sheila. Was it hard for you? So, Sad yeah. Funeral it was. Actually, my friend might have Sheila. I have to ask. <laughs> oh my God, the return of Sheila, the flamingo. Um, so, so yeah, so Eric uh, buys the, the pink flamingo for 30 bucks. Uh, we're back at Turner's and Corey and Sean are watching the tape. They're kind of compiling the clips for his dad. And they see Eddie behind Sean with a computer. Um, Sean says, oh, that can't be his. Like, he doesn't have a computer. There's no way. 
Um, and Corey's like, oh, it has to be stolen. This is going to be great for the news award. Uh, and Sean gets like, very defensive very quickly. He says, you know, drop it. You just forget about it. Um, and it's very obvious that, like, Corey keeps pushing, right? Like, he's not going to let this go to the point where Sean pulls out. Now, children, if you're listening, there were things called VHSs and they had tape in them. And if you pulled it out, it was ruined. So that's basically what Sean does. And he ruins the tape. And this is like, I mean, I feel like we've seen some Corey and Sean fights, but this is like pretty, it's not super heavy, but it seems like very like um, odd that Sean isn't confiding anything in Corey at this point. Am I right, Ben? Like, it feels like he would have said something about his family by now. I think he doesn't want Corey to know, you know, what we all find out later about who Eddie really is. And he just says, yeah. just drop it. Just just let it go. He doesn't even want to get into that world. So I, I totally get it. Once again, we're learning more about Sean as a character, as a human. He yeah. lives in his dad's lies, and he just wants to drop the Eddie scenario. But it got kind of real when he ripped the whole thing out. Like, I love seeing Corey and Sean tension because it's real. It's a real best friend type of thing. Mm-hmm. I can see you two in public possibly doing this to each other. Someone <laughs> yeah, steps over the line. Yeah. If you mess yeah. with Sheila, you might I, might happen. I can just see it happening. It could. Yeah, I got an update on Sheila. Apparently, my friend gave Sheila away <gasps> oh, um, no. at one point. She, and quote unquote, she was around for a while. It sounds like she went to a farm upstate, Sarah. <laughs> Uh, she went to Lancashire and Sloan's. That's where she went. Yeah, yeah. I don't know where she. We don't know where oh, Sheila went. Sheila. But uh, good for good for Sheila. She was she she had her time to shine. Uh, I also acquired a slow Billy at one point. That was in my high school bedroom. I'm sorry, what? Um, a slow Billy? What the hell is a slow Billy? It's uh, it's another lawn ornament. It's like one of those like yellow dudes with the flag, and he says "slow down." Oh, I didn't know that's what those were called. Like, oh, slow for children, and they have like you put it by the door by the like side of your lawn, right? Yeah, people typically steal them. Yes, because they're like ridiculous. Like, if it's thirty miles an hour, I will go thirty miles an hour. If your child runs into the street, I will attempt to stop. But like. Why should I need to be warned? Like, I am in a suburban area. I assume children live here. Yeah, yeah. yeah I don't know. I can't. I can't with those and I can't with the baby on boards. Like, get okay, your baby well, on boards out They're not here anymore. I don't have any. Don't yell at me. I don't have <laughs> it. Dare you. I think you're, you're reading the slowdown for children in a wrong manner. It's slow down for children, but what really it's saying is I'm an irresponsible parent who lets them run wild. <laughs> and and <laughs> on the back of them, it'll yes. say, and I'll sue your ass. So you got it. You do have to slow down because you're. You, you got to be like, dude. They can be anywhere. Yes. Yeah. That's the worst part. It's the same thing with like the um, like the signs that are like, watch out for motorcycles, and it's like you purposely make yourself smaller on a motorcycle, and I have to watch out for you. Why don't you watch out for me? I have the SUV. Who's gonna win in this battle? I've never seen that sign. Oh, Jessica. I've seen those, and they piss me off as equally as much as the baby on boards and the watch for slow children, or excuse me, slow watch for children. I was gonna say, well, we should watch for slow children regardless. So it's, it's... it's just like obnoxious. Like I get it. I'm in suburbia. You don't need to remind me. Um, yeah, but yes, I love this fight. A fight between <laughs> Corey and Sean, or this one. Yeah. Uh, yeah, all all the fights, <laughs> but I like the fight. I like uh, that Eli and Turner like pull them apart, and you're like, "Wait, do you guys know that you're fighting each other?" That was hilarious. Oh, that wasn't yet. That was oh, that was what? cut that out. That's the next. Up. 
the next yeah it's the next scene. I thought we were just fighting. No, you're right. It is the next scene. But yeah, they basically, they okay, get no, into a whole it. argument about no. it because again, no, we'll back up. No, it's fine because it's basically what you're saying. Like Sean won't give Corey an explanation and Corey yeah. wants an explanation. And then they end yeah. up just like fighting each other. And I, it's like, it's very obvious that they're not using their words and instead they're just going to yeah. use their fists, which like when has Yeah, I love anything? this fight. Hardly fists though. More of uh, just pushing and shoving into lockers. Yeah. And then yeah. I know Corey was on the wrestling team, so he has a, idea of trying to mm-hmm. roll on top of someone but it, it was an unconvincing fight but at the same time this is how two friends would fight yes. they're not going for the face they're just like kind of pushing and shoving yeah they're not actually going to hurt each other and that's I totally agree with you Ben that's why it's believable because they're not in, they're not it, this is not two mortal enemies fighting right this is two mm-hmm. best friends getting into an argument getting into a disagreement yeah um Corey I think pushed first right uh they but I don't know. I think I feel like Corey kind of did like a small tap and then like Sean just like lunged at him. Well, I think then then Sean shoves him and is like, seriously, Corey, stop it. Like, you don't want to do this because like Sean is scrappy. He did not play on wrestling, but you know, he's gotten into fights like this makes sense that he would be the scrappy one. Yeah. Um, And right. So some IMDB trivia. Yes. During Sean and Corey's fight in a rehearsal, Sean is slammed into the lockers. However, they missed their mark and Ryder Strong was hurt hurt his back in this uh, on the handle of the locker. He was surprised and slightly pained in the face and that can be seen in the final cut. Interesting. That has to suck. Yeah, that would hurt getting a handle of a locker to the back. No, thank you. I'll push you in the handle Mm -hmm. of the back. (laughs) (laughs) So, right. So Corey says that he thinks that, oh, I'm just good with a camera and Sean is jealous. Um, And this, this I love. I think this is another iconic moment. And Sean's like, I'll be jealous when you can do this. And he like does like the hair flip that both him and Eric can do. Watch um, that. Hey, watch it. <laughs> yeah, Eli can't do it either because they both have, what is it, like Velcro head is I think what, um what what's her face called him. Uh, Sarah, did you love Corey's attempt at doing the the hair flip? He can't really. I like it. I like it. I mean, I like curly hair on guys, and I always liked, um, you know, Corey's more textured hair. Uh, so I, I, I don't need somebody to do a hair flip in order for me to be attracted to them. Uh, ben, what do you think of um, Feeney's new marketing attempt at making detention fun? Hooked on Feeney. Hooked on Feeney sounds fun. I'd be, I'd be like, sign me up until you find out what it actually is. Because I also, you know, does, this, does this joke age well? Do kids know what Hooked on Phonics is? No. I make that joke constantly and they have no idea. They don't know what. I don't know what I, wow. I loved Hooked on Phonics. I didn't have to do it. Like, I, wa- I was that kid. I wanted to do Hooked on Phonics because I thought it looked so yes. much fun on, like, television. I did it. I loved it. I thought it was so fun. Jessica, you know what I, you know what I thought? I thought Hooked on Feeney would be a really good podcast name for Boy Meets World podcast. That, that is, is good. Why didn't I think of yeah. that? I know we're already too late into this. We're three seasons in. Gosh darn it. We could have been Hooked I, on Feeney. I was honestly, yeah. I struggled with names before it was Boys Meet Podcast, which got to be honest, terrible name. It's we, very hard to say. No offense, Ben. I, I messed it up almost every episode. I'd be like, well, back to Boys, uh... Because what we wanted was uh, boys or kid gets acquainted with the universe, but kid gets acquainted with the podcast. Somehow that was gone and we couldn't do it. And then, mm-hmm. I don't know. Who took that? Some yeah. That's lucky a long name because I thought our dude. name was long, but that's a long name too. And Hooked on Feeney. Maybe if I revive 
the defunct boys meet podcast we go hooked on feeny i think that's what yeah. you do i think you just, i give my blessing you can take i think it. you rewatch all of boy meets world but only watch the feeny scenes <laughs> see what i mean i pay attention a lot more to the feeny scenes so yeah. i i can see myself Not a doing bad that. idea we're just giving people oh. like our future competition oh. so many ideas and it's probably you not have to the credit best. us or we'll sue you there it's official okay um sounds good okay. i i mean right. there might be a gag order but that's okay <laughs> mr sandwich are you sure you're not a lawyer <laughs> i wish i was a lawyer because i like arguing however i don't think i mean we've all had this discussion i'm sure you guys have had it before can you defend guilty people that you know are guilty oh, that's a yeah. rough go about because you're like he murdered people and i'm gonna make sure he walks away from here yeah that's tough yeah you really need to set your morals sure. aside yeah Ooh. but money so okay <laughs> for money sure <laughs> i totally get it all right so back to the the, the fight they get mm-hmm. in a fight sorry i'm jumping ahead to detention mm-hmm. i have to ask because once again when i had my podcast it was only dudes pretty much talking this is a boys meet world pod boy meets world podcast with ladies so what did you guys do in high school to get detention Jess has never been in detention. I'm Wait, not. hold the phone. Four years of high school, or apparently if you do the weird East Coast thing, six years of high school and no detentions? No, I never had detention. Honestly, going into middle school, because middle school felt more like a high school atmosphere in that you have lockers and you're like changing classrooms and you know what I mean? It's not your elementary school feeling. I remember going into middle school and being terrified I was going to get detention like I don't know what I thought I was going to do to deserve it but I was so nervous same thing for high school and I thought that like being late would get me detention or like you know all these other things no I I never got detention I don't know what I would have done I feel like I don't feel like people got detention a lot like we had um so in, in my, the school I went to, we had what they called like periods where like you'd have like a 40 minute period for a class, right? And then you go to your next class and all of those were considered periods. And we had nine of those. There was a 10th one where like if you needed to go to like a specific class to get help after school, right? You had that 10th period to basically stay late and get help. I feel like that was usually used as like a punishment versus a full on detention where you're there till like 5 p.m. But that was my school. Mm-hmm. I went to a public school. I don't know if that helps. Mm. Um, I got detention mainly for being late <laughs> because uh, even though I lived a block away from my school, I like didn't leave until like two minutes after school started. So I got detention a lot for being late. There was the time that I accidentally purposely kicked a kid in the head on the um Whoa. on the playground. <laughs> Wait, the was, playground? That's not high school. On the uh no, that was um in first grade. And if people oh, okay, were like, okay. Hey Sarah, no. how did you get detention on first grade? I didn't even know that first graders got detention. I said, I always say they they typically don't, but they made an exemption for me. So <laughs> um aside from that like, I did not get into any fights in high school, so um, I don't... If I cheated, I didn't get caught, so I think my main offense was that I was just always late for That's class. That's incredible that I'm talking to two people who are like, yeah, why? It's easy to not get attention. Is Dude, it- I had attention, like, weekly. For what, though? For what? Like, what were you doing? Uh, okay, showing up late was definitely something 
that happened every now and then. Sometimes I was able to like sway them into not getting me a detention for being late. I used one cool scheme of like, it was a stormy night the night before. And I was like, I don't want to go to my first class. So I just slept longer. And then when I showed up, I said, oh, no, um, the storm last night knocked off all the power of my Aww. house. My alarm didn't wake me up, you know. Which, oh, that's good. Yeah, that wasn't true at all. And they still gave me detention for that. And I was like, really? Because that seems like. That's a reasonable thing. That's a very reasonable lie. And yet you but, probably were late so many other times that they're like, we're not believing this. <laughs> that's what it is. My track record got the best of me. Yeah. And then <laughs> weekly, I got it for, I went to a private high school, so I had to be clean shaven. And they apparently mean clean, clean shaven to where oh, like, wow. I couldn't have any stubble. They give and- you detention for having stubble on your face? Dr. Ruggles, the Dean of Discipline. How can you take a person named Dr. Ruggles seriously? Because she was Druggles, man. She was Druggles and she was mean. Here's what, and like, she got me (laughs) detention and she offered two choices. Detention slip or she gave me the lady's pink razor. And I was like, taking it. I'm not shaving right now. I'm cutting myself with that thing before going to my next class. Oh my oh, gosh! No. Ew, was it a used one or like a like was it brand new? It must have been brand new if you thought you were going to cut yourself, right? She's hanging out. It's in her pocket, so I don't oh, know ew. what. Because she would just she'd have it and she'd what? be like this. She'd be like detention uh, or shave. Razors, <laughs> it's terrifying. Struggles. Also, does. I'm picturing. I don't know if Sarah, if you're picturing the same thing. I'm per- picturing like a Dolores Umbridge here named really Ruggles with was, like pink razors was, in her pockets. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to um, Mrs. Trunchbull. Oh, I could see that too. But Short I feel like the mix. pink thing make, makes sense with Dolores Umbridge. She was a pink gal. Oh, that's true. Yeah, yeah. Pink that was that's wow. awful. I feel like it's that's a private school thing because they like they're all yeah. about the like outfits and everybody has to look the same because you can't learn if you look different than other people. You I bet. Know. And I just learned to just stay away from her because she she fell into a routine of she walks down the same hallway all the time faces and it was at lunch so i would just like see her at the top of the stairs and go all right guys i would leave my backpack and just walk the opposite way and then i come back if you if you leave your backpack somebody might put it inside out oh my god this is not burrito yes it is backpack burrito boom that's a thing man that's like you gotta be cool and if you really wanted to mess with people you zip tie their backpack shut so they can't do anything oh, that's oh you never did that see this never is how we get detention all right this is he how you guys don't know backpacks i just went to learn i don't know i went to school to learn i don't know <laughs> jessica guess who's buying zip ties for our slumber oh party i don't understand why it was a thing to turn your back someone's backpack inside out like how is that a funny prank like i just don't get it <laughs> Just, it's just it's because it do. doesn't happen to you. It's and it's hilarious. also not, it's like one of those things where you like let air out of people's tires. You don't slash them, but you like undo the things that the, like, uh, you know what I mean? So it's like not, you're not hurting the backpack. You're just like flipping it inside out. So you're not actually ruining anything. It's pretty harmless, I suppose. So it's something to do. It's something to do. It's so strange. Yeah. Um. So yeah, so they're, after they're in detention, uh, Corey leaves and he decides he's going right back to the trailer park and Sean tries to tell him not to go. He's like, these guys are hardcore. You're going to get hurt. Don't go. And Corey just completely ignores him. We see, I love this scene between uh, Feeney and Sean. We see Sean hit the locker because he's very frustrated. Uh, Feeney comes over and he's like, this hitting thing, it's not nice. <laughs> <laughs> um, and he's like, does it hurt your frustration? Yeah. And so we've seen 
we see Feeny hit the locker and he like obviously hurts his hand. Yeah. So cute, Sarah. I couldn't not laugh when Feeny's just like hitting a locker with his open palm. Yeah, he it, it hurts. Um, so Feeney hates to see two men throw away a friendship. And Sean's like, I don't need friends anyway, especially friends like him. Uh, and then Feeney's like, well, then who do you count on? And, you know, Sean's all about the family. Family's always there for you, except for your father, who's obviously never there for you. <laughs> and he's like, Feeney, you don't have friends. How's that like? Um <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's like you have you have uh, lots of family around here. And he's like, no, I have very little family in Philly, um, you know, but I do get together on holidays and birthdays with a close knit of friends and we laugh and we reminisce and we take pride in each other, just like you and Matthews do. Um, so basically, you know, he gives the ultimate lesson. You don't have to be blood to be family, which I think is a very nice sentiment. Right, Ben? Yeah, because a lot of times your friends who are down with you sometimes more than family members, like I said, we all got that weird Uncle Mike. Sometimes he ain't cool, Mm -hmm. but you got your buddy who's just cooler than everybody, and you're like, yeah, you're down with me, so that's all good. Yeah. I think this is especially true if people, like, aren't local to their family or they aren't close with their family or what for whatever reason they're estranged from them. It's like, your friends become your family. Why is it any different just because you don't share blood? That shouldn't make any difference. Um, and I love that, like, this is something that Feeney is kind of imparting onto, onto Sean again. Like, I love whenever it's Feeney and person and he's, like, teaching them a life lesson, whether it's Eric or Sean or Corey. It's always, like, a nice moment. Um, so we're back at the Matthews for our comic relief. Uh, Eric has cleaned out the attic in the garage. Uh, he says, it's not junk, it's treasures. Um, and Alan is skeptical because they're going to charge him $60 to appraise it all. So he just thinks he's like, come on, there's no way it's worth anything. But Eric is like, I don't know. He's looking like he needs to sleep for like 10 hours. He looks like he stayed up all night cleaning out the garage in the attic. He looks a little, a little scary. <laughs> Um, it's a big task to take on. It is. I mean, depending on how much Alan and Amy have stored in there, it could take a long time. It looked like a lot of stuff. Yeah. Kyle never sleeps. It's okay. <laughs> Kyle kept him awake. <laughs> Kyle doesn't need to sleep. <laughs> um, so we're back in the trailer park. Corey's filming Eddie. Um, of course he gets there at the perfect time. Because uh, <laughs> Eddie and the guys um, pull out all these electronics. They're going to rub off serial numbers. And of course, Corey's like, I have to get closer. Corey, there's a zoom on your camera. Do not get closer. Just literally zoom in on them. He didn't uh, pay attention in TV production class for that long. He just knows how to, how to press the red button, right? Yeah. Like, he doesn't know He's how to zoom. awful. He's awful as an investigative reporter. I don't know. Mr. Yeah. That's why Mr. Williams won't slap a five, because he knows <laughs> he's got no chance. To the ladies and gentlemen who are listening to the show, I know you follow along and watch each episode. But if you didn't, go back and watch how Corey is rustling behind a trash can and talking out loud to himself for no reason whatsoever. (laughs) And then, yeah, hiding behind bushes for just to get caught. (laughs) Yeah, he's really, really bad at this. Not smooth, not smooth. So, yeah, of course, Eddie sees them, uh, sees Corey right away and the gang surrounds him and they're like, hey, I remember you. Um, And they're threatening him and then they take the camera and break it. 
which is very, very bad. Those cameras are very expensive. Uh, I would be terrified to go back to school if I showed up with a broken camera. Oh, my gosh. Yes. I would be so upset. Um, and, uh, and this is when he's like, uh, my name is your dead. I live at the corner of fist and face. <laughs> so, so badass, Eddie. Um, and he punches Corey. The little guy kicks Corey in the shin. Uh, and this is we see when we see Sean. He's like fucking Batman. He just jumps off the roof of the trailer <laughs> like zoom. Like if I don't know if you guys saw Black Widow, but it really reminded me of like um I don't remember her name, but Black Widow's sister like makes fun of the way Black Widow always like lands and then she'll like lift her hair up and it's like very badass looking. And it's like that's what I thought of when I saw Sean just like jump off the trailer, land and then look up and like do like the hair flip like Sean's here to save the day. <laughs> Do we just I... assume he sits on top of trailers? <laughs> that's right. He's like out. a gargoyle. <laughs> I, okay. All right. That's fine. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, 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 I just liked, well, number one, I, I don't like this, but don't you think that like Eddie is our worst villain yet? Like nobody else ever like really physically hurt Corey, like Harley Kiner, like, the closest he got was right. like a little like grabbing of the shirt. Um, what's his face? Griff. Uh, Griff. Griff never touched Corey. Yeah. Like I feel like Eddie is like our meanest kid yet, and his little mean gang. Yeah, this is the most we've seen at least physical violence, right? Um, and Sean basically is like, you know what? Uh, you touch the guy again, you've got to, you got me to deal with. He threatens to call the cops, which is like a huge deal for the hunters. Um, you don't do this. You don't turn on family. Um, and this is when we find out that Eddie is Sean's brother, his half brother. Um, and we get the line. Crazy. Yeah, we get the line. You think you're so much better than me. I'm on my way to be. Boom. Roasted Eddie. You suck. Um, Sarah, do you remember, like, I don't know if you remember watching this live, like, your reaction to finding out Sean had a half-brother? I totally forgot about Eddie. Like, I had, I really, really did. It did not, obviously, we all know Jack, right. um, who comes around in season five, but no, I did not recall Eddie. Um, you know, you gotta think about what this family tree looks like. So, um, obviously this is on Verna's side and not on Chet's side. So as his half brother and, um, and then on top of that, later on spoilers to the future, we learn that Verna is not Sean's biological mother. So either Eddie's not really related to Sean at all or he's like a stepbrother, um, more so as right. opposed to a half brother. So, um, no, I did not remember Eddie. What about you, Ben? Did Eddie make a big impression on you from your watches? Not at all. Uh, yeah. He, I guess, yeah. So he's Verna's son, which makes sense why he doesn't say happy birthday to Chet because it's like maybe that family dynamic. He doesn't even mm -hmm. have Chet in his life. Not like he would anyway, because he's out hanging with mm -hmm. Bill Clinton. But I, in the lore of Boy Meets World, I Eddie is the meanest, and I don't remember him whatsoever. 
Yeah. Same. It's one of those things where like uh, Sean's family tree is quite interesting, especially when you take into the fact that there's like some continuity issues. We thought he had a sister. We have not heard about her in a very long time. Um, Now we hear about Eddie and then obviously we'll get to Jack eventually. Um, I guess it kind of makes sense if you think of like, I don't know if he's had like a bit of a broken family a bit. Like, I guess you can expect that there would be other children from other marriages or other, you know, whatever's. Um, but yeah, so this is Eddie's Sean's half brother and Sean basically says like, and Corey doesn't know this, which is pretty wild considering how long they've been best friends. And Sean just says, oh, it wasn't worth talking about. Um, which is kind of weird because, you know, Sean in this episode talks about how seriously he takes family and how important it is to him. So you would think that he would want a connection with Eddie, even if it was never very good, but maybe their relationship was always super rocky. Maybe it was a sore spot in their family that maybe it was like he's a product of Verna cheating on Chet. So maybe it is like a, you know, a big deal. And maybe Chet like didn't have very good words to say about Eddie and Eddie's father. Like we don't really know the situation, but um, as somebody who really values family, you would think that he would have brought it up or, you know, sh- Corey would have known. Yeah, it's just, it is strange that no one said anything this long. But um, but this is when uh, Corey tries to give or Corey ended up sneaking the tape out of the camera before Eddie destroyed it, which is pretty like sneaky on his part. Um, and he tries to give the tape to Sean and Sean's like, you know what? No, like you keep it. Bring it to the news. And he's like, what about protecting your family? And Sean said, I just did. Eddie's only blood. You're my family. And this is like massive, right? Like we talked about the the con, the, excuse me, the con story. Oh, my God. The Sean and Corey um, kind of friendship arc from season one. It starts all the way back in season one, um, minute one of the episode. And it's kind of like nice to track it to where we are now, because I've really felt like we've had this huge boost um, from the moment that uh, Chet left like I feel like we've been kind of barreling towards this place where Sean realizes that like family isn't everything and Corey is really the best family he does have um, and to me this is like a huge marker like this is a really big episode for for Sean to kind of have that revelation Ben I think it's one of those Sh- Sean as a character we get so much from him in this episode however this might be unpopular with both of you. I don't like this episode. I generally skip it almost all the time. Oh, interesting. That's, that's why when I told you guys like, oh, I'd love to talk about the show. And you said, give me a list of episodes you like. This was definitely not on it. I don't like talking about it. Maybe because it's not too funny. Mm-hmm. And it's more of a forgotten character of Eddie. And the whole thing kind of like, so it, it leaves me with questions of like, so Sean lets him turn in the tape to dime on his brother so does anything happen of that yeah what's the rest of the family's reaction to it yeah can he go back to the trip is uncle mike gonna kill Corey in his sleep we don't know any of these things because you're diamond on hunters it's too weird overall i give this whole episode six lankershims out of ten it's not that great sorry Mm -hmm. 
I really like huh. it just because it's like a to me it's a marker. It's like a this is a point in history of the Corey Sean friendship. Um, and I really do like both the A and B storylines. Even if Eddie is forgettable, I feel like I don't really care that Eddie is Sean's half brother. To me, he could have been anybody. He could have been any one of the hunters, related or not. And it was just a conflict that pushed Sean to realizing that Corey is more important to him. Um, then the family that like doesn't seem I don't know maybe they don't even care that he's living with Turner right they all seem to think he's like oh you've really turned on us like you're now living like in a, a big shot exactly you're like living in a swanky apartment now like you're Mr. Cool Guy living with a teacher look how you've changed they don't even know that though they say you're out living in the suburbs so they don't even know about the Turner dynamic it's wild like where do they that think is. he lives like I mean, you know, just basing on they're the badasses from the trailer park, they probably just assume you sold out and you're living in the deluxe suburbia in the sky, rich yeah. boy type of lifestyle. Basically, Corky Dorky's life. You're living yeah. Corky Dorky's life. And, okay, you bring it up and you make me sway a little bit more. I'll give it a 6.5 out of 10. <laughs> Only I don't because, need to sway you. I just, no, no, no. It, yeah. You make a good point of, like, this does show a big deal of, Sean and Corey are more brothers than his real blood is. And I'm going to even say more of a brother than Jack will end up ever being. Oh, yeah. 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 We're not there yet. But yeah, I I agree as well. I think like... I just I also really love Sean. He's one of my favorite characters. And so whenever it's like a Sean-centric episode, I tend to love it a little bit more just because I think... He's an interesting character. Like we, Corey, no offense, Sarah, but Corey is like very much like a generic TV main character. Like Sean is, has more bumps. He has more edges. He's rough. Like I feel like he's more interesting to, to learn about. Um, I mean, look, you are in the camp of, uh, Boy Meets Fever, where they say that Boy Meets World should have been revolved around Sean and not Corey. I hear you. I respect that. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, I think that he is a compelling character. And of course, at this time, he definitely has a more interesting story um, to tell than Corey, who's, you know, had a pretty easy life thus far. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, we've talked a lot about where Sean goes in his character development. And I think it's leaps and bounds farther than Corey as well. Yeah. Um, I will like to say... Long Walk to Hunter said best episode ever on the Boy Meets World's wiki back in 2015. So <laughs> apparently this is a beloved episode. Yeah. I think that there's I think like Ben has some points like, you know, you can pull holes in it, right? Like, who is Eddie? Who? Why do we care? He never shows up again. Like, perfectly fine argument. Um, and then also to wrap things up with the episode, too, we have Eric finding that uh that old wooden mask worth 4k turns out to be Feeney's and he ends up <laughs> ends up giving Feeney the money I just think like the B the B storyline did work for me I think it's silly I, but it didn't it didn't undercut the heaviness I feel like I don't know I viewed this one a little bit more as comedic relief because I don't know why I don't know why I liked this more than I did like Eric you know, being like asleep doing whatever the hell uh well that one sucked yeah, that was stupid. game yeah um, uh, yeah, I mean, this was, it was fine. It was like the B storyline was fine. Yeah. Uh, we get like the whole, like, I'm a millionaire. I'm a millionaire from Feeny, <laughs> yes. um, as like imitating Eric. And I thought that was really funny. Yeah. Um, $4,000 for that old mask. Ridiculous. Uh, what a win. Yeah. 
I want 4K. I know. Feeney is like holding on to all the treasures, getting all the money. Maybe he now can afford yeah, I mean, to retire. It like, yeah, it sounds like he, we learned in the next episode that he loves to travel. So it seems like he has a lot of goodies from his travels. Yeah. I mean, how else can you afford a cabin in the woods? Fair. That's true. On Fair. a teacher salary for yeah. 40 years. Well, now he's on a principal's <laughs> salary. Now he's fancy. That's true. That's yeah. true. And a teacher. I think that, he gets paid double. Yeah. Oh, he's both. Uh, he, yeah, he better get paid double. Is that how that works? I have no idea. I don't think so. I think, no, I think you if you teach as a principal, you just take on more work yeah. and you get the principal salary. Yeah, that's it. The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Um, so speaking of Feeney, uh, this next episode is, is really focusing in on him. Um, Feeney-centric episode. We love it. Though. Yeah, those guys from um, Hooked on Feeney are going to go wild over this episode. Oh, this, I mean, this is going to be the first episode of Hooked on Feeney. I'm just going to take the audio and yeah. just, you'll get credit as the first guest on the episode <laughs> of, of Hooked on Feeney. So. My lawyer will be speaking on, to you after We're this. the guests on Hooked fine. on Feeney. <laughs> um, so season three, episode 18, Life Lessons. Uh, we find out we're coming up on finals. Uh, so they're apparently going to have three finals in one day. Um, and everybody's freaking out, even Topanga, who is like, you know, she studies all the time. She's very concerned about this. Corey and Sean, of course, haven't been studying at all. They've been just watching TV and movies constantly. Um, and apparently it's Feeney who puts out the finals schedule. I don't know. I find this very strange that like Feeney is the one arranging this, not the individual teachers for each class. But I mean, it's been a minute since I've been in school, but it seems kind of weird that that's the way it happens. Um, Sarah, I don't know. What are you pretty much sure that I definitely had more than one final a day and I don't remember crying about it? Yeah, like, well, we had Regents exams, but that I believe is only a New York State thing. That was like a statewide test that you had to take once you got to like high school. But we definitely had finals on the same day and weren't like losing our minds about it. Ben, you're a teacher. Is this weird? Well, for middle school, because it's middle school. We it is. specifically do finals on separate days just because it's middle school. But we tell them, hey, in high school, they don't care. They're yeah. going to give you finals however they see fit. And I, I mean, I remember when I went to school, I was talking to my wife about it, and she went to a different school. So I was like, how was your final schedule? And she said, we definitely had three in one day. So the schedule was either – I had seven classes. So it was either two, two, three, or three, three, one. I don't – I guess the only crappy part was if you had science, math, and English in the same day, you'd be like, oh, well, that's not going to be well for me. But if you ended up getting like history, theater, and then math, you're like, cool, I'll just study for math. Yeah. And the thing was, is that from my recollection, it was better if you had like say if you were able to wrap up your finals in three days instead of your 
school week of five, then you didn't have to go to school the last two weeks, mm-hmm. uh, two days yes. of the week. Yeah, we had or, like, I believe, or if you didn't have a, a, a final, like on a Tuesday, then you didn't have to go in on Tuesday and then you were able to just like study. Right. I don't remember it study. being that big of a deal, but I feel like it could be one of those situations where we're like those crotchety old people who are like, back in my day, it was perfectly fine to have three finals on one day. Um, but yeah, it's interesting because they're all blaming Feeney, especially this one guy. I already forgot his name. I'm pretty sure I wrote it somewhere. He doesn't matter. He does. I don't care what his name is because he shows up like this one time and never again. And we're supposed to believe he's like this Harley Kiner of bullies. Um, he comes up and he's like, Denny, Denny. Thank you. I want to get rid of what kind of, it's like, what kind of bully is named Denny? All I think of is when I think of Denny is first of all Denny's and second of all like Denny yeah. from Grey's Anatomy. Like that's all I can think of when I hear it. He doesn't seem like a bully name. Like Harley Kiner, that's a bully name. Griff, bully name. Not Denny. Not Denny. <laughs> Denny will serve you breakfast. <laughs> Denny, Denny will bring you those uh those um what are they called like those pancake stick things that they had in in school. Um pancake sticks or waffle sticks. Or French, I don't know. French toast French toast sticks. sticks. That's what they were. Yes. Same thing, you know. Yeah. Um, but they want to get rid of Feeney. Too much work, not enough time. Like, what are you, how are you, how, what? How are you going to get rid of Feeney beyond, like, killing get him? Get rid of Feeney. Yeah, that's exactly what I thought. Get rid of Feeney. Uh, it, it's like, what are you talking about? So, um, yeah, they, you know, Corey, once again, kind of rallies everybody up. And we, we've seen this before when, you know, they walked out of class um over a test which you know if i was Corey, i would never create a mob again about a test Mm -hmm. but there we go and you know they kind of um talk to turner to complain about the finals and they want to know why feeney is torturing them the schedule is too tough people are starting to crack as we see topanga walk by reciting the elements in a manic state Ben. She's not even in chemistry, by the way. So <laughs> not, that's not definitely something. Concerning. Look, they're slackers. Let's be real. They're eating chips. They're watching TV. They're not. St- I see it all the time as a teacher. The kids, they slack off the entire. I go, hey, you guys have the rest of the period to study. They're going to do something else. Mm-hmm. And then tomorrow when the test happens and those kids don't do well, I get the email from the parents. I'm like, please give them another chance. And I want to just rip, you know through the computer and say mean things, but I go, sure, okay. And then they still don't do well. And I go, I don't know what you want. Yeah. You know what I was doing during like study periods for finals in that circumstance? Dear Nicole, I'm in history right now. They want me to study. Yeah, right. (laughs) (laughs) Isn't so-and-so such a weirdo? Like, I'm, you're like, what are you doing tonight? Do you want to have, like, a slumber party? Like, that's what I was doing when I was supposed to be sleeping. I'm not sleeping. I probably was sleeping. (laughs) Um, Yeah, studying. The thing is, is, like, it's interesting when Turner goes to talk to Feeney about it because he's like, oh, you know, why are you scheduling it? It would be easier to separate the finals. And Feeney goes into, like, this whole long rant would it be easier if we just gave them all the answers and it would be easier if we did this and that and it's like I feel like Feeney's also kind of like digging his heels in a bit like unnecessarily it's like you don't have to schedule them all if it was like a scheduling concern where you're like I have to fit all of these in for xyz reason okay great but if you don't have to why are you torturing them because if even Topanga who's a straight a student is losing her mind about this like you have to imagine that you're probably the people you're freaking out are probably the students who actually do well 
So why are you trying to make them nervous? <laughs> like, it doesn't really make sense. Um, but at least he agrees to hear someone out. He said, OK, you Turner comes out. You need to appoint somebody. And of course, Corey grabs a quarter and he is now appointed <laughs> as the leader because he's also a Leo. We decided. And it also makes sense that he would be the leader. Maybe it was one of those state quarters and he had that map oh my God. and he's like, oh, I got to get New Hampshire for my map. I remember those. Yes. Yeah. Ugh. So um, sometimes you just need it. So Corey's argument is, I ate your dirt, Feeney. Uh, <laughs> ben, how does this old argument hold up for you? Corey ate Feeney's dirt when he was a kid. Look, he saved him back then and he wants to save him now. But it ain't going to happen. I, I get it. He is digging in his heels mm-hmm. because he's an old dinosaur. I've learned as a teacher, you got to pick your battles, right? Some, yeah. you just, some it's okay to change just because you look at how the things are going. I get why he wants to keep his you know, mentality of like, look, you have two weeks. You've had two weeks to study. You've done nothing. You've had the entire semester to learn these things, and you've done nothing. You're going to reap what you sow. It just does suck to see someone like Topanga basically rip her beautiful hair out Yeah. over something that's like, see, that's when he should look at not the slackers and do it for their benefit, but switch over to like, yo, I'm killing these people who really probably don't have to worry this bad. So picking his battle, he could have maybe changed it up a little bit, but I get it. He's old. I'm probably going to be the same when I'm 60. <laughs> yeah, it's... It doesn't work out for him. Uh, and uh, Feeney apparently had called poison control when Corey ate his dirt. And he said he wanted his dirt back. It's from his precious garden. Of course he did. He's obsessed with that mm-hmm. garden. He talks about it all this yeah. episode, too. <laughs> yeah, he probably gets the ar- organic dirt oh that I God. see on Amazon that all the TikTokers tell me that I need to get for my houseplants. And it's like, oh, I really should get the organic dirt. It costs more money, but your crops are happier. Mm-hmm. So I get it. He wants his dirt back. Um, so he kicks Corey out, and then Corey has to like go back to the herd of people and say that you know he wasn't able to accomplish it. He got nothing, and um, you know the kids are like the old dino made no changes. Denny is pissed and he wants to do things his way now and he's going to like rally the troops to go somewhere and do something bad and Sean goes with them because he's like I really hate these exams Corey um so he leaves Corey on his own it's Um, it's really upsetting to see this especially after we had the whole Sean and Feeney I mean we've had a few moments right even last episode but I'm thinking of more like the cabin episode like we had that like I felt like a really nice bonding moment between Sean and Feeney and like at least a little bit of understanding between them and like Sean just immediately gives in and is like I can't take three finals I have to go do something horrible to Feeney like I don't know I didn't like this from Sean at all it sucks it's not it's not fun. Um, it fits his character because yeah. Sean is the roller coaster. Like we know Corey would never do it. Yeah. They can put spray paint in his hands and he would never do it. But Sean, like after riding a wave of like, that's what I'm talking about, jumps right back down. And you're like, what are you doing? And it's like, yeah, that's Sean. He's doing exactly what we thought he would. To yeah. your time. No, it's you're yeah. right. It's you're right. It's true. It's just I don't like to watch it. <laughs> Oh, of course not. It's it's <laughs> terrible to see, especially that moment 
it's you know between them of like i don't want to take these finals but see that's look at our character of denny badass denny who you know serves you breakfast yeah change the final for him and his goons he's gonna fail yeah just give in that's the best part give in have him fail and then go okay see see what i told you it doesn't matter yeah but then like denny's mom ihop is gonna come around and be like my kid fails and it's all your fault (laughs) hold on hold on flag on the play on that we all grew up relatively the same in the 90s correct Mm -hmm. yeah did i don't i don't know about you guys yeah no that would be a now parents did not yeah parents did not fight my mom after parent teacher conferences i didn't get to explain myself i already got i'm getting all of this on the ride home there's no but uh, there's none of that but in today's world, I basically the children of the Corys and Shans of the world, because it's them, the complainers, they're the ones who complain beyond anyone's. I wish I could show you some emails I get. They're hilarious. Wow. Hilarious. Hey, I have a question. Who decides when progress reports come out? Because I, I have issues with those people, actually. <laughs> uh, administration, of course. I have a bone to pick it's- with them. Yeah, because it's always Halloween and it's always by my birthday, and it really fucked me oh over. Oh my god! So I I just gotta say that <laughs> I hate progress reports. Um, speaking of things we hate, I hate storyline B in this episode. Um, what don't are like you talking it. about? Don't you don't like, like seeing a twenty-seven-year-old woman have the ability to go out with an eighteen-year-old boy and not bat an eye? So disturbing. Uh, we're at the Matthews residence. Doorbell rings. Brenda's here. She has car trouble. Uh, she thought Eric was Turner. She's supposed to be going out with Turner. Eric is flattered. They said they should grab a bite. Why? Why is this a storyline? I hate it so much. I hated everything about it. I was the minute it was happening. I was like, I don't remember this. I don't remember this. Ooh, I hate this. This feels like season one of Dawson's Creek again, Sarah. I hated it. Yeah, the only difference is that Eric is eighteen, but there's Still a huge in high difference school, between. Though, it's so nasty. I know, I know, I know, I know, I know. I'm not defending it. I'm just saying that, like, an eighteen-year-old and a twenty-seven-year-old, there's a huge difference. There might only be nine years, but it's a huge difference in age and a huge difference in maturity levels. Say it's a fifty-one-year-old and a sixty-year-old, different. You know, it's just different Ugh. because they're in a different stage in their life. This is gross. It's very this gross. Is- weird and gross and i don't know why brenda who works at the gallery with amy would want to go out with amy's kid which is so strange yeah i hated it it was awful assuming amy still works at the gallery we don't she know she might be a real she estate agent we don't know uh, she went back to i'm not gonna lie i thought when this happened like when i was re-watching it i was like oh yeah this is where he pretends to be mr turner to go out with her and then it's like, oh, no, none of that happened. She fully knew she yeah. was a... I was like, oh, okay, this is weird. Okay, never mind. Gross and weird. However, yeah. I think we're missing the point here. It's not about an older woman and a younger boy. It's nothing about that. This was all just to set up what would be Eric's fascination with tall, red-headed women. <laughs> oh, yep. This is this is a, a, a volley. Hooked on Feeny. Check it out. We're going to yeah. talk about it. you're gonna deep dive in that oh my gosh so funny um yeah very very strange but you know b b storylines or b b storylines you know it just it just is sometimes we get Corey looking out the window 
he just came back. He's like taking off his jacket. So he was like apparently like not in the vicinity. And he sees somebody breaking Feeney's window. There's shaving cream everywhere. There's t- um, TP everywhere. The house is totally like fucked. Apparently there's eggs too, which we all know eggs strip paint. So eggs is a step too far. Um, Feeney comes outside, sees all his, his garden, his beloved garden is like, and his house is just so, like, it's messed up. And it's a very sad scene to see. Right, Ben? Okay, I I have trouble with this episode, specifically this part, because it sucks. The second they mm-hmm. broke windows, I'm like, dude, what are you doing? That's not cool. Now, I know your perfect record of never getting detentions. I know what I'm about to say. It's probably going to be a no, but did y'all ever go to someone's house, TP'd up with cream and, or whipped cream, shaving cream and eggs? No? I never did. No. Like, I mean, we went to like a random, like, I've definitely TP'd a tree, but I don't think I had um, like a victim in mind. Like probably just like a random. I really don't like Goosey Night. Um, the day before Halloween. Whoa, I know like whoa, different whoa. regions. What's it called? Goosey Night. Oh. What the I hell love is this. Goosey Night? Can I ask specifically where you grew up? Because I, I love hearing random things that are like yeah. specific from locations. I'm from Jersey, New Jersey. Um, specifically North Jersey. This is, are oh, you talking what? about, um, so this is the night before Halloween? The night before Halloween. Yeah, yeah that was called uh, Mischief Night. Yeah. Oh, okay. So you, we got a devil's night and a mischief night. No, we called it goosey night. I like that because you're just silly gooses. Goosey night. Yeah, just, like just, just silly very innocent. You can kind of get away with anything. Like, it's just goosey night. I just shattered windows. I don't care. It's goosey <laughs> night. And people would be like, oh, you get your costumes on for tomorrow. It's okay. Yeah. Oh uh, you know what? I'm thinking that it might be. Yeah, it's definitely a Jersey thing. I'm trying to find like the na- uh, the, the map of like where people say things in different regions and it's apparently goosey nights like a and around a new york city um that makes sense thing people from yeah, jersey pretend they're from new york that works yeah yeah but jess is from upstate new york mm-hmm. and she says would you say mischief, mischief night, night. Ooh, yeah, upstate. No, we called it goosey mm-hmm. night what part of upstate are we talking lake champlain uh no close to albany oh okay mm-hmm. i know it's less exciting no, 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 it's cool. Because, look, I, I teach history, so I get to talk about New Jersey. I get to talk about New York all the yeah. time. And I get to talk out my ass because I've never been there and none of the kids generally are from there. So yeah, I can just say whatever I want. And I'm sorry, Sarah, but I I constantly hate on New Jersey. They are the butt of every it's okay. joke. okay. Everybody does. Really? Oh, big time. Yeah. And, New Yorkers uh, do too. <laughs> upstate New York, I always just go, it's just foliage, guys. There's nothing up there but foliage. Don't worry yep. about it. Foliage and some yeah, people. That's it. Isn't it interesting that Jess has like almost like a Midwestern accent? I, I find yeah. that. I don't know a Midwestern accent. Well, people say that I, it's it's a weird thing. I looked it up once where like specifically where I'm from, the section of where I'm from tends to like sound more when Midwestern than they do New York. I mean, obviously, I don't sound like I'm from Brooklyn or any of those places because I'm not from downstate. But yeah, it's a weird thing. Uh, I don't know why, but some people have said I sound like I'm from the Midwest. <laughs> yeah, you have a very neutral accent, Mr. Sandwich. Yes, I wouldn't Thank have been you. able to guess you're from California. 
I'm glad yeah. I, that's cool. I've gotten people say like, "Oh, you're from Texas," and I go, "Not a chance." I don't hear okay. that. Thank you. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I thank you. Thank you because people who say it, I go, "Nope, Los Angeles." Nope. Yeah, oh, yeah, very neutral. It's very neutral. Yeah. Um, that's what I thought that I had, but what, nonetheless. No, you definitely oh, sound Jersey. So back to the lecture at hand. You would never TP a teacher's house? Not breaking no. windows, that's different. <clears throat> no, I would have never um, done what they did, no. Mm. Because I, I, first of all, I'm a, I was a big wimp, still am. <laughs> um, I wouldn't have wanted to get caught. I wouldn't have wanted to have to like sneak out to do it or something. Like, not my thing. No, thank you. Didn't want to get in trouble. And I also feel like I would have felt guilty. Like, they had to clean it all up, you know? Yeah. There, um, certain teachers I totally would, um, even to this day, probably there was something that my my town actually implemented, which is like so weak, um, was that they did like a goosey night, um, like a planned goosey night where you would come to the school and like vandalize the school, but it would be like monitored. Isn't that suburbia for you? With like chalk. And also, <laughs> and also in our town um, on goosey night. Um, like I said, I worked at a grocery store. We were not allowed to sell eggs, whipped cream, and toilet paper, um, and shaving cream to anybody under 18. Oh my gosh. I had to check IDs. That's wild. Yeah. Wild. Oh my That's gosh. That's actually the pretty day- dope from the city. Like, yeah. to just know, like, we don't want to deal with this idea. problem. But to make a safe and sane version of, like... Here's dry erase markers. Go nuts, everyone. That's a little like, wow, you guys are pretty wimpy. (laughs) Um, Have you TP'd a teacher's house? Okay, we've never done teacher's houses, but Mm -hmm. other students and stuff, which you look at the realm of 2021 and you go, oh, yeah, this is called bullying today. (laughs) But back then, it was just like, hey, we don't like you. You don't like us. It's a sleepover at this kid's house. We're coming for you. His brother has a truck and we all can fit. Let's do this. Yeah. I only felt bad once because we were older. We were like 18. We should know better at 18. But we TP this dude's house. We do the eggs. And then I turn around and I'm not going to out her, but one of our good girlfriends, not a girlfriend, but a friend who is a girl, uh, she is standing on his car and cheesing it. Putting queso cheese. We're talking, uh, this is the, you get the El Paso cheese. And she's just going to town on it. And I was like, oh, okay. Like, that was the moment of, like, we all got to go back. And I only felt bad because it was the summertime. And that cheese in that morning, if he didn't clean it that night, yo, that's going to ruin the, I felt bad for that. TP, you can clean up. I've done it. It's happened in my house. Eggs, it sucks. You little vandals. But... I don't know about the, the cheese in the car. I was like, ooh. Yeah, the cheese. The cheese might take it over to the next to the next That's level. Too much. I, I remember hearing about like if you put a piece of bologna on a car, it like peels the paint off or something. So if you hate somebody, take a piece of bologna and like put it on their car and like leave it there, and it will do something bad. I don't know if it's an actual thing, or you could just key it ooh, like a normal. That's person. the Jersey thing to do, right that there. Is the Jersey. 
That's it. Just use slash tires and key cars. That's welcome just, to Jersey. Why would you just okay. key their car? So leave the balloon. One more alone. quick, <laughs> one more quick thing. I had like at my old house when I lived with my family, we had like um like an azalea bush that like was overgrown, and if you like drove down the driveway too close to the azalea bush, it would scratch your car. So one time, some. I was at like a friend's house and some dude came in and he goes, yo, like who has the Jetta? Like that shit got keyed. And I was like, no, it's my, it's my Jetta, but it's, it's the azaleas. It's, it's not, azaleas. I, my car didn't get, my car didn't get keyed. And he's like, no dude, like I know what like keying your car looks like. You're, you totally got keyed. What'd you do? I was like, no, it's the, it's the azaleas. It's not like I never got keyed, but no. Yeah. We, we key in Jersey. If you if you park in your spot on my street for too long, you get keyed, bro. Oh my god, you don't get keyed. I'm joking. Oh, I, I believe it happened. though. Yeah, I even do. with your you, you definitely sounded like a guy from Jersey. Like if I had to pick a guy, that's a guy from Jersey. Yeah. Except I would have thrown in, "Who's this Azalea girl? She keyed your car, man." I was waiting for that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> the azaleas. Those azaleas are really Brutal. extreme. Yeah, it's brutal. Um, okay, so, right, so Corey sees all this happening, and he looks sad, and Feeny looks sad. Uh, and the next day at school, we have uh, Feeny teaching. He's talking about night raids. He was captured and hanged by the neck for his crimes. I love Feeny when he gets all badass. Ooh, um, John Brown. Do you guys know about John Brown? No. Oh, man. I talking about. I teach about this guy every year, and I always get a mixed bag of how students feel about this guy. Can I just talk about him slightly? Yeah. Okay, because I'd love to know what either of you think. I have a feeling the jersey is going to come out and say one thing, <laughs> and upstate might go the other way. But we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. So John Brown, he hates slavery, absolutely despises it, can't stand anyone who goes with it. He's a white dude. He's a very Christian-fearing man who loves God and hates slavery. So bleeding Kansas goes on. There's a Kansas issue with people coming over illegally to vote, to make popular sovereignty a thing. You might remember this. He hates slavery. Him and his sons slice a dude's head open with a sword. There's that that goes on. Then later on, in I believe West Virginia, Harper's Ferry, he leads, he hates slavery so much. He's like, I'm going to raid the arsenal and I'm going to give guns to all slaves and we're just going to kill all the white people because i'm tired of slavery winning pro-slavery in the senate winning it, no one's doing anything about it i'm going to do something about it so he goes with the sons and people they raid the arsenal the plan doesn't go off because the local militia shows up they get in a gunfight his sons die they capture him and uh they hang him for his crimes mm. now the question is was he doing the right thing do you stand for John Brown as some look at him as a hero because he fought because uh, he hated slavery so much that he's willing to kill for it? Or do you think he shouldn't have done that? I think uh, let's purge it up. Let's kill all Jersey. Yeah. No, I agree. I mean, it's, uh, all it's, right. it's not like the, the best way to go about doing it. But at a certain point, you got to take action, right? Like Damn straight. You gotta, yeah, you got to be proud yeah. of the guy for what he did. Yeah, yeah, we we give props to that dude. Thank and, you. And yeah, yeah. But there's some middle schoolers who are like, he should have just used his words. And I go, this no, it's the 1800s. This isn't happening. Yeah. No also, have you been in the world like ever? Even no, the, now they have not. They have not. No, they, I can tell you this. They have not. They have not. <laughs> no, 
if the last year taught us anything <laughs> um so so yeah so he's feeny's doing this whole thing and the bell rings finals are tomorrow i wish you all good luck poor topanga is losing her mind um and feeny's trying to reassure her like you know all the material you're gonna be fine like don't worry about it she's like shoving a tape recorder in his face um i love the tape recorder it's so funny uh yeah. we have Corey telling Feeney that like oh I was at the library last night and and Feeney's like you know no one's accusing you I know you better than that I know you didn't have anything to do with this and Corey says he doesn't like what they did um and Feeney basically talks about how like you know in the past I at least had everybody's respect even if they didn't like me that was fine I had their respect but each year that passes uh authority and respect are just rotting away um, and it's really sad. Like you feel, it just seems like Feeney is like taking a beating and they finally worn him down to the point where he says he's going to retire. Like this is so sad, Sarah. It made me so sad to see Feeney sad. I really did feel bad for Corey. I felt bad that he felt like, you know, he goes into the whole, like at the end of the year, I take evaluation about how, my students learned and what I've learned from my students. And this is like the first year where um, I realized that I didn't reach my kids. Like they didn't get anything from um, from me. And, you know, as much as I want to teach them, you know, my maybe my method of teaching is not relating to kids anymore. And I feel really bad for that because Tini is an amazing, because <laughs> Feeney is an amazing teacher, and I think that he has a lot left in him to affect the kids. But this small, like, minority of kids are just rotten, you know? So I don't think that, you know, Denny and his bunch of losers should, you know, dictate if Feeney should retire or not. Right, Ben? It definitely sucks to see that, because you see him go through the whole stages, and he's like, the minority has become the majority. And it, mm-hmm. the words that he used of, like, respect has rotted away. It's like, oh, you know how to use your words, Mr. Feeney. Mm-hmm. We we actually don't even see Mr. Feeney this. He's he's not upset here, but we see him a year later upset. If you guys remember the quiz show when he yells at his whole class, like, that scene was powerful. But this one was like, oh, man, don't do it, Feeney. Don't give mm-hmm. in to Denny and his goons. It sucks. Yeah, it's like when your mom is like, I'm not mad, I'm disappointed. Oh, like it feel, just it be has mad. that same vibe. Just be mad. Yeah, just be mad. Just show the passion. Like, Feeney says, like, <sighs> they're calling him a dinosaur. I'm an old dinosaur. And I love Corey being like, people love dinosaurs. Barney, <laughs> Jurassic Park. Who could forget about Dino? Speaking to my own heart, I love a dinosaur. Um, Yeah, it's just... Oh, it's so sad, but I do love that Feeney is also of the mind of like never let him see you sweat. So like uh, I love um, Denny being like, we're not gonna show up to your stupid final, and Feeney's like, oh. that's your right, and I have a right to fucking fail you, bro. Like that's take the that. best. Oh, <laughs> uh, when students realize they don't have to take my test, it's one of the. It's fun to watch them in their face light up when I go, hey, you don't have to take it if you don't want it. And they go, I don't have to take it. I go, you don't have to. I go, it's a zero which is totally going to eat your grade, by the way. And your parents are going to be pissed, but don't take it. It doesn't. I'm like, you made my grading day easier. And they go, what if we all don't take it? I go, oh my God, my day is easier. I don't have to grade any of them. I'm like, (laughs) but I, and then I point out the Topangas in class. I go, they'll take it though. Yeah. Yeah. No, you're right. And it's suckers. Yeah. Suck it, Denny. Um, and then, uh, then Sean basically defends Corey to Denny saying, you know, Corey wouldn't squeal 
Um, and apparently Sean wasn't there, but he knew about it and he didn't stop them. Mm-hmm. And so uh, Corey says, like, you're complicit. And Sean's like, well, you started this whole thing. And Corey says, well, then I'm responsible, too. Like, we're all responsible. And I think this is like, yeah. the right approach, right? Like, anybody who knew about it and didn't stop it or didn't attempt to do anything, is they're complicit in a way. Yeah. I like that from Corey. I like how he's saying, like, you know what? Then you're right. Then I'm responsible, too. And I'm going to, like, own that. Mm-hmm. And that's going to, like, sit heavily on me. Yeah. Because he does feel bad that Feeney wants to retire. And he feels partially responsible for it. And I also like how Corey is confronting Sean. And he's like, you know, what, you see that I'm cool because I won't squeal? Like, is that what makes me cool? Mm-hmm. Um, he's like, I don't think that that's what makes me cool. I think that being, like, a good person makes me cool. Yeah. So I like that he was standing up for what he believed in in that moment. Mm-hmm. And I like that we see kind of, like, everybody helping Feeney. So we see, like, Alan clean- cleaning off the house with him. Um, and it's very obvious that Feeney's, like, really upset about this still. Turner is there because Turner heard that Feeney's planning on retiring. And Feeney has this whole long spiel about, like, it just feels right. I need time to garden. And obviously, Sarah, because he's always gardening at nighttime. He doesn't have time to <laughs> properly garden. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think that's the thing. Like, Feeney wouldn't have to midnight garden if he had time during the day to garden. What about like, the azaleas? His- what about the rose bushes? I they you know they need justice too. Mm-hmm. So if only Feeney had the time to do his gardening during the day, read a good book, or even go traveling like he used to back mm-hmm. in the day. Um, you know, do all the things that Feeney loves. And Turner's like, well, you love teaching. Like, don't give these goons the power to change your life. Um, I thought this was like a great showing from Jonathan. Um, and I like that. I, I, I just I just like that, you know, between Jonathan and Alan, we got like people coming through to uh, Feeney. Right, Ben? He's surrounded by funny men. What can he do? He has to hear their <laughs> advice. And I like it because it shows a different side of Mr. Turner because he's usually like the fun guy. Look at me. But he's like really like, hey, man, you're my mentor. You can't you can't leave. You can't let them win more than anything because if you leave they win right yeah and i love the metaphor of um the results of the seeds you've planted you know even in a bad season there's growth like i I really love that metaphor as like a way of like talking about students and like i feel bad for feeney it seems like every year there are less and less students who want to learn and that you know that are more that are causing trouble and obviously this is a very vocal minority, but this has never happened to Feeney. Like no one has ever had the audacity to come to his house, teepee it, shaving cream and break a window. You know, like that is that's a bold move. Um, uh, Rack of the Matthews residence. I hate the storyline so much. Uh, Eric is in love with Brenda. Brenda Marsh. Amy's upset because Brenda is fucking 27. Um, and, uh, although it does have one, I, I don't know why I love this, but he's like, uh, Eric's like, finders, keepers, losers, weepers. Like the way he says that is like in my head forever. It's good line to delivery. I yeah. don't know why I, I, it's like, it just is. Yeah. Or, I mean, is that what we have issue with is Alan totally rooting Ooh. Eric on? I hate it. Yeah, I hate it. Weird. I love Alan and I hate this. 
Yeah, because he's all for it. Like, he's like, look, you know, Eric's 18. Like, you know, party on, Eric. Like, go for it. Like, here's my keys and here's some money to go take this 27-year-old on a date. Like, party on. Um, yeah, and Amy's like, okay, Alan, you're being like a freaking creep. And I don't appreciate that from you. You're going to sleep on the couch. Um, I do want to say that we totally missed a amazing scene of guy time between Alan and Jonathan at a potential date um, because we love the thought of having like an Alan Jonathan Turner friendship mm-hmm. and I feel robbed by this like I feel it would have been such a fun double date um, but instead we get to see freaking Brenda and Eric at Chubby's um, and it's it's like you don't bring like the sophisticated woman who like is totally a creepo to the chubbies? <laughs> um, and she, woman who's a total creepo. Yeah, like, <laughs> like right then, like she's like skeeved out by the chubbies. You have to be a specific person to appreciate chubbies. I'm shocked that Brenda is like she must know what she's getting. He he's 18. He can't take her to a fancy restaurant. He can't. What conversation can you have of, like, she goes on fancy trips in Europe, he's in Philadelphia, he can go through Pittsburgh. That's it. Like, she must know there couldn't be much there. So it just comes down to her finding him attractive. That's it. That's all yeah. it, it is. It's not anything in common. No, it couldn't be. But <laughs> yeah. can we just bring up the one weird thing of Eric looking like a game show host? <laughs> he's in the ugliest suit that I've ever seen. Well, like, he looks horrible. You're going to see it again, though. I promise you. Uh, that is Mr. Max suit. This, like, brown monstrosity is going to be a regular occurrence that is unfortunate. Um, so, yeah, they, they're trying to get on the same page. It's not happening. She's well-traveled. She's, you know, more polished i guess like more cultured i mean assuming that they work at the gallery she's into art they don't have anything in common and um eric is getting frustrated she's getting noticeably frustrated he goes up to order and mr turner comes in and he's like hey like what's going on like you don't look so great yeah and this is when basically eric's like oh have you ever been to Europe? Yeah. Okay, great. Here's Brenda. Brenda, Turner, Turner, Brenda, boom. And then Eric is like, runs into this girl, Christy, and she's like, oh, I'm going with my family to Pittsburgh. And like, that's the end of the storyline. What a waste of our time. What a waste of our like 10 minutes or however much time they spent on this storyline. I hated it. It was awful. We didn't need it then. We didn't need yeah. it. I agree 100%. It's, it's gross because flip, just flip the genders. Exactly. And- Everyone would have a problem with it. Exactly. I had this conversation. I watched this uh, these two episodes with my husband, and like I was ranting and raving after this episode. And I was like, "Can you believe that nonsense? If this was Morgan having the same ish, like same relationship with an older man, there's no way Alan would have given up his wallet and keys. This is disgusting." Like, like, but yeah. let's be real. It's okay in society. It's disgusting. Yeah, it's not. It's but it, so it's gross. okay, and it's weird. It's like, yeah. and okay. With you, you guys talk about how Alan was like cool with it. We saw this before, though. Uh, what was it, season two, when he thought yeah. he scored with a girl upstairs, and he's like, "My son." Yeah, it's like, we bro, were that really was your bed. By that, yeah, it was in your bed. Like, even if it was my son, it's in your bed, and he's trying. No, that's gross. Yeah, 
No, it's it's just not cool. And this is like the way that they write fathers in the 90s. And it's gross. Yeah. And it's like, let's be bigger than that. You know, come on. Yeah. And if it was Morgan, he like, Alan would mind. be like banging on doors, yeah. like fighting whomever. Yep. Exactly. Um, yeah. But at least we're done with that storyline. Uh, so <laughs> we're we're still at the Matthews residence. And uh, Topanga and Co- Corey are studying. Um, Sean runs in and says the guys are at school. They're up to something. We have to go. There's no there's no time for the cops, bro. Just do a quick 911. Bing, bang, boom. And then you run out the door. Like, what do you mean there's no time for cops? Like, what are you talking about? Yeah. I know we don't have cell phones, but there's time. I mean, yeah, this vandalism is so extreme, too. So, like, there's spray paint and they're throwing stuff and there's garbage on the ground. But the threats and the words that they use on the walls yeah. were disturbing. It was honestly, it like, this is an expellable offense because this is real threats that they're writing in spray paint on the school building and i'm surprised that feeney was just like okay kids like run off like you know when he eventually comes around mm-hmm. um so they Corey and sean tried to and topanga's there too try to confront denny and the gang and um they're like what are you trying to do exactly and denny's big plan is that he's going to break into the school and steal the tests ben it's not a genius plan, but it's Denny. Like, did we think he had, like, this ultimate plan of, like, here's what we'll do, gang. It was like, I'm going to steal it so we can't take it. He can't possibly have extra copies. Like, what an idiotic plan. Like, they have bolt cutters, so they're apparently going to be able to get into the school. Um, and, uh, and I love Denny's line of, he doesn't teach history. He is history. Like, but that would make him an amazing history teacher because primary sources are way better than secondary (laughs) sources. So I wish that would have been like Corey's comeback. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that would have been good. And then he touches his head again. I would have, I loved the touching the head part. Yeah. That was great. Um, look, if I'm bringing into school, I'm going right to the cafeteria and stealing the mozzarella sticks. There is no stop or go. Like, you're stealing the school mozzarella was sticks. Was that the top I, item at your school? Oh, yeah. Oh, mine was definitely the pizza with the stuffed crust. Mm, perfect. Stuffed crust pizza. The East Coast has it going on. Yeah. Our big yeah. thing was pizza on Fridays, but. Yeah, we had no pizza Fridays crust. too. And one Friday a month, we had Mexican pizza Fridays. Uh, ooh, Mexican how's the Mexican food in northern New York? <laughs> Not great, Bob. Not uh, great. Okay. Just I mean, that, it's probably like what you'd imagine it to be. Like, Is it a, like Chipotle? Uh, there's a lot of Chipotle, a lot Chipotle. of Moe's. There is a local place actually that has really good Mexican food. I can't speak to if it's like authenticity, um, but it tastes good. But yeah, mostly it's like you got Taco Bell, you got Moe's, and you've got Chipotle. <laughs> I, I mean, so, oh, go for it. Oh, no. I was just going to say, like, Mexican food is literally, like, my favorite food. But I haven't had, like, ta- like California Mexican food. So can you only imagine? Can you imagine? I, I think I once you guys come out here, you got – there's so many places you can try. I'm never one to be like, oh, we have it best because, mm-hmm. you know, we have all the Mexicans out here. But mm-hmm. – You know, other places have their own stuff. I love trying Mexican food wherever I travel. Like, when I went to Quebec, there was a Mexican food place. And I was like, "Uh, we got to go try that. We got to try this and see what it's like. Yeah. Let's see what it is. And it was just glorified uh, Chipotle. And I was like, oh, all right. Well, that's cool. Because 
that's what they get to have. And that's what they, yeah. as long as it builds an appreciation for the food, cool. Because when you come out here, you get to try just a slightly more greasier version that you're going to fall in love with. Mm-hmm. Have you guys How's been to? How's the salsa game? All the salsas. I'm not a huge salsa fan, but it's all types of salsa, salsa everywhere. Lots of salsa. It's my favorite, like, literally, when people are like, Sarah, what's your favorite food? My favorite food is salsa. And people are like, that's a condiment. It can't be your favorite food. I feel food. like that's uh, a condiment. You can eat that with a bag of chips and be fine. Yeah. Salsa is legit my favorite food. I love salsa so much. <laughs> so neither of you have come to California before? I've been to California. Um, okay. I haven't been in, like, a really long time. The last time yeah. I went was a few years ago, and I exclusively went to San Diego. And that was it. Well, okay, San Diego, home of the, you know, carne asada fries down there. Did you try that? I don't think I had carne asada fries, no. It was beautiful. Shh. I would, like, we talked about, like, if we ever get rich, buying a second home there. It was gorgeous. Like, the best weather I've ever experienced. San Diego is a better Los Angeles. You don't have to pay for parking in certain areas. Mm-hmm. Uh, people are just jogging shirtless because everyone's in shape. So you got something to look at left and right. The beaches (laughs) are amazing. And you got the the food. I'm not into Mexican seafood, but like ceviche and all that stuff. Another level down there. It was really nice in terms of like, uh, it was a very clean city. And dogs were allowed like everywhere. Which was wonderful. Because you just turn around and there are dogs everywhere. Like, hello, that's my heaven. There was a dog beach. I didn't have my dog with me, but we literally went to the dog beach. So that I could just watch them all play. It was wonderful. <laughs> I will say if they've had a problem recently, I don't know if it makes East Coast news, but every now and then, I, I guess maybe a homeless situation or whatever it is, they they pop up on the news for like the streets are infested with hepatitis or something. So like watch out. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's I, I want to make sure. I don't know if it's hepatitis. It's not what I was like ready for. I don't know what or, I was thinking was going to happen. Or what's the, like... is it hepatitis or is oh, it HPV elite? or something? No, Legionnaire's disease, maybe. Like, it's a water water problem to, like, just be careful down there. And it just pops up every so often. So just next time, just give a quick Google of, like... Gotta be safe. Yeah. Gotta stay safe out there. No hepatitis from the water. Oh, no. Um, Gosh. Yeah. So history. So he... He is history. He is history. He's, he's history. a great teacher. And this is yeah. when Sean goes on his rant about like what he's learned from Feeney. You have freedom of assembly. I accidentally read the chapter. <laughs> They've got the right to peacefully assemble. You see those bolt cutters? You see how I don't have any in mine? In my hand? That's what Feeney's done for me. I loved this. This is wonderful. Yeah. The second you broke that lock, you broke the law. And I've got the right to call the cops. Yeah. And this is when Feeney comes out. And he, of course, he was preparing for the finals. And he decides he's not retiring. Perhaps this old dinosaur has a few hundred million years left in him. Uh, I love this. And I especially love, oh, my God, Corey and Sean and Tabanga just, like, helping him clean up. It's so sweet. Well, oh, well, love it. Corey helping for some reason. Sean and Tabanga are like, yeah, Corey, you pick yeah, up that trash. Yeah, that thing. <laughs> pick up that styrofoam. But it, yeah, it was sweet because Sean, Sean was the seed that grew. He actually read the chapter. He listened, sort of, because you, peaceful assemble isn't like you can spray paint whatever you want. Just don't use those bolt cutters. No, that's all illegal. <laughs> but way to go, Sean. That's a, like he'd probably get a good C plus on a paper. So heck yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, then they read out their... I, I hate this. Like, this is not a thing anymore where they post grades outside for everybody to see everybody's grades. Um... But, but yeah, so Sean got C's and one D. Corey got a lot of B's. Uh, studying is the way to go. Follow me. And then everybody's just like sitting at Chubby's, not studying again. Um, yeah, I like this episode. I like the Feeny stuff. I, I like that. I don't know. I just, I like diving more into Feeny. I feel like we never get enough Feeny on this show. Um, and I really loved the Cabin episode, which I feel like is a better episode than this one. Um, <gasps> you think that you, you don't like the Cabin episode? Oh, no. I love the Cabin episode, <gasps> but I, I like this one more. But to be fair, oh god, the B plot really makes you think twice. Yes. Like I, I would say to anyone listening, watch this episode. Just fast forward the B plot. You don't, you don't need it. You'll never need it. You don't need to see anything. Just pause and go. Hey, that does look like Rachel, and then just continue. Yes, that's all you need to do. Yes. Yeah. Was that what was the B plot in the, the cabin? cabin? Was that was that the poker? Uh oh no, was it? Oh, that might have been the whole, like, that might have been the poker, or it might have been uh, Eric getting, like, sleep tests on him. Hmm. So, all the Feeny episodes have bad ple- B-plots. B-plots. That's what we've learned today. Oh, no, that was yeah. the marathon of billiards match. Oh. Yeah. Uh, Frankie Stacchino, like though. I mean, come we on. Do Frankie's Frankie. amazing. That's true. Yes. Yeah. Um, if I had to pick between the two, I feel like... Perhaps I would lean towards the second episode, the Feeny episode. I love any backstory with Feeny or like a Feeny deep dive or anything that's more than like Feeny, like, you better do my paper, Eric. Yeah, like, yeah despite, you know? despite the B plot in the second episode, I did prefer the second episode because I just, I love the Feeny stuff. Yeah. Um, um, yeah. Are you guys ready for some fashion hour? Oh, there is some golden clothing in this one. We got, I hope that I have supplied. Um, so I'm going to share my screen. Oh, that's and... how it's done. Okay. I thought you guys just have to like pull up the episode and everyone go, all right, take a look here. <laughs> there we go. Oh, there we go. Um, okay. So for the Rachel Green Award for the most 90s outfits, my first nomination is from episode our first episode uh was the episode 17 and this is Corey's first outfit and i like Corey in pink i feel like this is a moment he's wearing like a white undershirt and this like pink checkered overshirt that is buttoned with like a little bit of like some checkered squares and some light wash denim, some black shoes. I feel like this is like kind of a relaxed look for Corey. Ben, what do you think about Corey's outfit? Um, a pink moment. Like, to be honest, Corey is a big time loser when it comes to fashion. But this works. <laughs> this totally yeah. works. Like, I'll never get a hitching post shirt out of my head from earlier on in the season, was it season two with the hitch? No, season three, he had the hitching post. It was terrible. But this is like, I can see myself in this. I think I can pull it off. Yeah, it's a vibe, right? Jess, what about you? Yeah, I think I agree. Like, I, I'm not really, I mean, I'm, I'm really a pink person in general. I don't wear a lot of pink, um, but I do like Corian pink. I think it's a flattering color for him. And I like this, like, relaxed look. I think Corey is definitely one of the most improved in terms of his fashion decisions over these three seasons so far. So I like it. Yeah, absolutely. My next nomination is Sean. 
And I think this is from the second episode, episode 18. Now, this is a very unique um, outfit for Sean. So what we have here is a T-shirt, a white T-shirt with some like graphics in it. And this is like a bullseye with a red star right in the middle. And this like striped overshirt with like some interesting vertical pattern. We have a black belt. The T-shirt's tucked into the white wash or the light wash denim but the pants are not that bulky they're kind of like straight legged some brown boots and he's wearing this like really snazzy bracelet too um <laughs> jess what do you think about this outfit from sean I feel like he like kind of looks like he's going to a rodeo i don't really like understand what the purpose of this outfit is like I don't know. Like, it's throwing me off. Like, there's, I feel like with Sean's outfits, usually there's like always a ton of layering. There's usually at least a vest happening as well. And I don't really understand what he's going for. I think the thing that throws me off the most is the fact that his shirt is tucked in because I feel like we mm. never see him with his shirt tucked in. So it's just, that's true. It's just strange. Like, I, I like the boots on him. I feel like the pant, the cut of the pant leg is throwing me off. It's very bunched at the bottom. I don't know. Yeah. Ben, what do you think of this outfit? Sean usually hits it out of the park with clothing, but not here. What? I'm, I'm not seeing about- it. I, uh, I, hey, as a hey, dude, hey, I ain't hey, rocking hey. it. <laughs> the shirt says all-star, though. Would you not say that this is an all-star oh, look? No. From Sean? No. I mean, Corey can, <laughs> Corey can rock this because Corey's a little dorky, but Sean is more cool. I want cooler yeah. clothes for Sean. Oh, I was feeling it. <laughs> Rodeo. Um, my last nomination for the Rachel Green Award um, is Brenda's first outfit that we see her in. Now, this is quite an ensemble. It is a two-piece um, suit, but with like a short skirt, all red, we have a white undershirt with a brooch. It's very, very preppy. We got some earrings. We got some jewelry. Jess, like, what do you think about this power suit that Brenda's wearing? If I didn't hate Brenda so much, <laughs> I would compliment her on this interesting outfit. Like, let's be real. She's showing leg. Like, it's a very cute outfit if you're going to go on a blind date, right? Like, she's like, this is, I'm powerful. I have a very nice job where I have to wear this powerful suit. I'm wearing a strappy heel. So I'm looking cute. Um, The brooch. No, we've talked about brooches. Brooches are a no, no, even in the nineties. It's too much. I would feel like I was being choked if I was wearing a brooch like that. Um, (laughs) Ben, what do you think of, of this outfit? It's a million times better than the green outfit she wears later. <laughs> um so oh, what are we no, where no, are no. we landing on who deserves the point? I feel like we're probably going to be uh, simpatico here on who we think deserves the the Rachel Green award. I think it's Corey. It's got to be your boy Corey. It's yes. timeless. It's timeless. It looks it looks nice. Mm. He looks snazzy and he doesn't wear pink that often and I feel like as a show that has the color pink in our logo we have to give him the point for it. Yeah. Okay. Congratulations to Mr. Corey Matthews. Our next award is the Paul Rudd Certificate of Timelessness Award. My first nomination is another Sean look. Now, this is a white T-shirt, and he wore this for both episodes, by the way. Um, and this um, underneath or over his white T-shirt, he is wearing this, like, black 
button-down shirt with these little pink diamonds, and I was just feeling it. Um, in this episode, um, he, which is the first episode, he's talking to his dad. He's wearing black pants with this outfit. He's wearing this chain. He's wearing black shoes. Um, ben, what do you think about Sean's little, like, black shirt, pink diamond look? He's killing it in that clothing. Yeah. That This is the Sean that I grew up going, I want to be like Sean. Why? Because he's cool. Look at him. Hand in the pocket, thumb out. That's a cool guy on a phone in the 90s. <laughs> yeah, the giant phone too. Jess, what do you think about uh, Sean's outfit I here? like this one much better. I really like him in, in the dark de- denim. Like the black jeans, I feel like are a really good yeah. look for him. I really like the, the top. I like how there's like a couple buttons undone at the top. Like it's very casual, but cool. Love this look from him. Yeah. My next nomination is Topanga. And this is the scene where she um, was in the cafeteria and they're starting to rally and do their nonsense. Topanga's wearing her hair straight today. It is getting so long. Um, The bangs are kind of like split in the middle parted in a way not straight down uh she's wearing this like cute little black and white dress with these like green flowers and it is belted and i just thought like this would be such a cute dress uh to wear it's long by the way she has some black shoes on i just think this would be like a really cute dress to wear like out and about um I just thought it was like a really, a really cute moment. Jess, what do you think about Topanga's dress? I usually like a patterned dress, but this one I just feel like is like very busy. I am a fan though Hmm. of like a belted at the waist. I do love a belt at the waist. This one's a bit chonky. Um, But no, I think, I think it's a look. I think the main problem I have with poor Topanga is like her bangs are like doing something. Like, I don't really, like they're kind of askew. They're kind of all over the place. It's almost like she's in the middle of like the growing out phase of the bangs. Um, right. But, I, you know, I love her boots always. She she always is rocking the boots. She is manically studying, so that could be <laughs> part of it. Uh, ben, what do you think about this look from Topanga? I'd rock it. That's a dope outfit. It is busy, yeah. but why not? The, uh, you said it right. The belt really gives it some pop. And, yeah. okay, the bangs, not something, you know, I'd wear if I had really long <laughs> hair. But, hey, am I Topanga? Am I Topi? I don't think so. No, uh, we can never. We can never be Topi. I like it. It's like a black and white dress with like some color. Mm-hmm. I like it. My last nomination is the one and only uh, sponsor of the <laughs> Hooked on Feeny podcast, <laughs> Mr. Feeny. And this is Mr. Feeny um, confronting Denny and the gang at school. And is like, hey, guys, get off my school property. Um, now, this outfit he is wearing a like white undershirt uh, un- underneath a red vest with a gray suit jacket, and he's wearing black pants. Mr. Feeney doesn't wear the matching suit. He likes different colors, different textures. Um, so I, I I really appreciate this outfit. I think that he looks snazzy. Look how happy he looks in this one picture. Jessica, what do you think about Mr. Feeney? The man looks good in red. Like, you got to yeah. give it to him. It's... 
I love the the like uh, how the suit jacket is like a light gray. I feel like it goes very well with his silver hair. Um, the red vest. It's like he's powerful, bitch. He is like, I know you brought red spray paint, but look at my freaking red power vest. Get off my lawn, bitches. Like that is the energy that is coming off of Feeny. We love like a casual Feeny gardening smock. But like, I got to say the boldness of the red. I love this for Feeny. What about you, Ben? I want to make a Build-A-Bear with this exact clothing and Mr. Feeney. <laughs> just because oh my God. it would work so well as a Build-A-Bear for him. With glasses, give him a little mustache. Oh, he, so he's killing it in that outfit. Mm, I, I don't do, do we see him in red a lot? I, I can't recall. No, I don't no it's so. not often he wears red. Because usually he just has like a full suit and like it's kind of buttoned and you don't really see what's underneath. And I feel like we've seen him in mostly like greens and blues, I think is more his, his zone. So this is yeah. like his casual outfit because he's, you know, creating a test. His casual after work suit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Just, you know, super cash. Mm-hmm. Now, Ben, what do you think? Who is your vote for our winner of the Paul Rudd Certificate of Timelessness Award? It is tough because I love, can I see the Topanga one more time? Absolutely. All right. It is so busy. It looks like it's like, a Saved by the Bell logos all mm, over the place. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that makes me want to say that. However, I never wanted to be Topanga. I always wanted to look as cool as Sean. So I'm going with Sean. Yeah, I'll, I'm down with that. I was going to pick Sean or Feeney. So I love the Sean pick. I think like the black on black works for me. I think it's a look. I think we got to give him the point there. Yeah, congratulations, Sean, for your win. Congratulations, Corey. Two best friends. They don't have to fight because they won separate fashion awards. You know, we don't have to we don't have to like start throwing punches mm-hmm. today. But congratulations to both of them. Um, this was fun, guys. This was like a fun two episodes to cover. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Ben, for joining us. This was wonderful. Thank you for having me on the show. I haven't talked about Boy Meets World in a long time. And oh, boy, does it feel good. I mean, Hooked on Feeny <laughs> yeah. might be coming sooner than we think. oh gosh um ben where can we find you what are you up to uh that's the thing you cannot find me on anything i have no social media (laughs) you're not gonna find let's just say this you can't find ben sandwich on any social media whatsoever uh however for you i will say i've written over the pandemic i've written a manuscript i've learned to not call it a book because it is not published yet So I've written a manuscript. So to anyone out there, if you are a literary agent, (laughs) hit me up, please. Yes. Hit hit up uh, Shit 90s Pod so that they can contact me. Absolutely. Because I want this manuscript to make it in the real world. I I think it's fun. Uh, So, you know, it's it's about kids in middle school. So that's what I've been doing. Write about what you know. Exactly. <laughs> and all, the, I mean, Amazing. honestly, I just took a bunch of stories from my childhood and just created a character. So, have you guys ever read Wayside before? <gasps> yes. One of okay. my favorite childhood oh. books. It is my, it is, well, Lewis Sacker is my favorite author, yeah. but Wayside, it's up there. I basically did the same concept of like, you know how. Each chapter is about a different kid. Yes. Except yeah. they're wacky and wild. I was like, Oh, there's like, isn't there like a dog named cat and a cat named dog? There's like a whole weird thing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And there's a kid who gets a tattoo. There's so many weird things and yeah. it's awesome. I decided to take the same approach, but make it like realistic stories that actually happened. 
So each chapter is a brand new story about a brand new kid in this class. So you're going to end up with uh, at least 29 different stories in this book. It's fun. So that's what my book's about. That sounds amazing. I'm really, that sounds really good. Yeah. So literary publishers, hit them up. Ben Sandwich, hit us up and we'll reach out to Ben Sandwich. Yeah. Go for it. Love it. Sarah, what do we have coming up? What are we what are we recording that people should listen to? Yeah, so we have um for the month of August, we have decided that this is host favorites month in terms of our bonus content. So, we are covering um, the movie Romy Michelle's High School Reunion, which is Sarah J Ferguson's favorite movie of all time um and i'm so excited to talk about it as it being one of my favorite movies that um since basically childhood um so i'm so excited to talk about that we should be putting that out sometime this Mm -hmm. week um the week of the the 16th so it'll be in your pod catcher app soon later this month we are covering jessica's favorite movie 10 things i hate about you with kirsten mckinnis and that will be very exciting you can always find us at shit 90s pod on twitter and instagram and you can shoot us an email at shit 90s pod at gmail.com we love it um also oh one more yes yeah i was gonna say we are going to be on a podcast we're gonna be guesting this week um we're gonna talk some america's got talent if you listened to last episode and you loved the wonderful cody patterson um he talked about his podcast and we're going to be on it this week uh sarah do you know when that releases well we'll obviously tweet it out and everything i believe we record on thursday i assume it comes out a few days after that so Keep an eye on our social media. We will retweet when we are going to be on that. But I'm really excited for that. It's going to be fun. Yeah, I'm really, really excited. I've never even seen um, an episode of America's Got Talent. So I'm um, really excited yeah. to judge people that I mean, it's have, like partially um, our favorite pastime. True. <laughs> but these people have talent and I have none. So, of course, I'm qualified to of judge course. these very talented people <laughs> that have... Uh, I don't know. What do they do? Like juggle everything. That's the thing. They do everything. I used to watch this show. They do everything. Um, So, yeah, we will definitely retweet that when it comes out. Um, Thank you, Ben, again, for joining us. This was so much fun. And again, if you do start Hooked on Feeny, we will sue you. Uh, as you as well as you listeners Jessica. So, damn alright yes. well chain, to- chain wallet's coming out so just get ready I will find both chain you on the east coast out. and we'll see what happens thank you all for listening we will talk to you all next time just bye shit 90 shows taught me save big on brunch for mom all in the Kroger app Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.